welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. My name is Kelso. And my name is Kyla. I'm Carl. And I'm Chris without a K, and I hate everything. And today we have opinions. <laughs> oh boy. Especially, <sighs> especially no K over here. It's going to be okay, no K. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing it back. That's a callback. <laughs> Is that a callback? Um, Holy callback shit. to two weeks ago. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember anything. What is, that... I want to start by thanking Kelso for picking what will probably be the most decisive, divisive game that we have ever played on this stream so far. And absolutely like... the least decisive game. <laughs> and I knew what I was doing, to be fair. You do have to make decisions in it, so mm-hmm. it, it is decisive in that way. Yeah. But it is certainly divisive in terms of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but before before we um, start yeah. fighting, what did you what did y'all do the past couple weeks? Uh, uh, played this stupid fucking game. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, I Stop played, lying uh, to me. I played a significant portion of it. I didn't finish it because fuck it. But I'm interested to see what a significant portion is to you. I've spent six hours in the game. Oh, you have. Yeah. Were you playing the game, or did you just have it up and like were you glaring at it? Angry. <laughs> <laughs> admittedly like somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour was probably like i had it up and forgot it was up or something sure. i do that but, all the time um yeah i know like uh xcom says that i have 14 hours in it at least six of those were just tabbed out forgot yeah. that it was on <laughs> <You know. laughs> but no undertale like m- the large majority of that amount whatever it was um i actually played playtime yeah okay. uh hmm. But other than that, what did we do this weekend? <laughs> or this, this past two weeks, rather. Um, I finished a lot of school work today. Yeah. I'm That's important. I'm, I'm slowly dying to my uh, class class workload. Yep. Well, I'm slowly dying, dying to my work workload. Yeah, <laughs> Man, at least you're getting paid for your workload. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am actively spending money much. on my workload. What was that? You're being paid in knowledge. I'm getting paid in in the slow realization that I should probably just go live in a cave. <laughs> probably go live in a cave. Well, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know. I know exactly that feeling. Yeah. Sometimes, like the last time I got paid, I just looked at my bank account. I'm like, you know, I don't really need to get paid again for a while, right? Like I can just quit, like not come back. <laughs> For a significant period of time, maybe. I miss yeah. those days. I miss those days when I was like getting paid, getting paid um, <laughs> a, a, a like livable amount. Yeah, well, there's that. Oh, modern economy. Mm. Yeah, I'm still still looking at at uh, at my bank account, just thinking, man, do I really have to go back to work tomorrow, or can I just stop? The only thing that's keeping me going right now is the thought that maybe, maybe someday I will make enough money to have a house with a conversation pit. With a conversation pit? I am upset that The Sims doesn't let you build conversation pits. Dude, that's a huge bummer, and you are what correct. in the Sam Hill is a conversation pit? A conversation pit is like, it's like couches that are recessed into the ground. It's a sunken living room. Living pretty, room. pretty much, yeah. It, they were they were all the rage like mid century. Mid century. Why? <laughs> because they're super cool. Stupid. 
It's like it's like a little nest in your in your floor, made out of couches. Yeah. It's basically a couch. It's but, a nice way of delineating like the living room space from everything else without like, I don't know, having to actually have walls around it. Yeah, I I like the so it's a couch. Of it. It's not just a couch. It's a series of it's a, like a section of the room that's lowered. Yeah, it's it's an architectural feature. It's not just a couch. <laughs> it, it may have couches in it. It need not necessarily have couches in it. The I, idea I, of a conversation pit. I also to literally just be a couch. I also like have the idea that my it's just bedroom... a couch that you sink really far down into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also have this idea that my bedroom will also be a conversation pit, but it's like a sleeping pit. That's just what I want. Sleeping pit. Yeah. Yeah, your bed is just like below ground level. And it's cozy. I maybe I just like the idea of being like dead and buried in a grave. <laughs> maybe that's what's appealing to me right now, but That's what I'm I'm gathering from this, yeah. Uh, y- you know, yep, I mean pretty much. I don't not, know. It's not news to me, so. Eh, fair. Yeah. Kel- Kelso is super goth. I, you, you know. uh... <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Don't hide it. It's true. We I'm all not play. a goth. I'm just kind of a nihilist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So nobody did anything. Is what I, I is no, what I'm getting. I, I worked super hard. Mm-hmm. Did was have we podcasted since Thanksgiving? Uh, was Thanksgiving? So. No. Our our last podcast was like right. Right before it, before right? Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. So we had an awesome Thanksgiving. I had a bunch of friends over. We cooked a whole ton. Had nice. mulled cider. It was great. Nice. I worked a bunch. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I worked like a bunch of overnight shifts in a row. And then I slept for like a day straight, pretty much. That's okay. Then I then I cooked a bunch of food and ate a whole bunch of food. Great. So that was worth it. Nice. I think I still have leftover mashed potatoes. Hey. I made a lot more mashed potatoes than we ended up eating. That that always seems to end up happening. Like I am just completely incapable of um, accurately assessing how many potatoes I need. I asked my mom about it because I usually trust her for recipe stuff, and she said like three potatoes per person. That ended up being like we didn't even. I cooked half that, and it was way too much. How the like, fuck what kind of, would you expect of... to eat three potatoes per person? Like, maybe what she... kind of potatoes was your mom suggesting? I was gonna say maybe she maybe she has smaller potatoes. Maybe she's thinking of like little potatoes and not you know little like, red potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. something like that. Because, like, when I buy russet potatoes, like, for the purpose of making mashed potatoes, they're, like, as big as my fucking face. Yeah, like, Jesus. Yeah. So, so we didn't make three potatoes per person, but regardless, we still have tons of leftover mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good problem to have, to be fair. It's, I mean, we had awesome mushroom gravy to go with them, so it's not like it went to waste. We just had leftovers upon leftovers. Mm-hmm. Delicious leftovers. Yep. Mm. So, Undertale. <laughs> so, we might as, oh, might oh. as well. <laughs> oh, might as well just go right into it. All right. Well, Kelso, it was your game. Yeah. Where should I start? Uh. Well, I guess the mechanics and or the gimmick. Yeah. And so... Or the garbage. <laughs> 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 am I am I gonna be able to get an explanation out? No, I'm gonna heckle the shit out of you the entire shit. <laughs> Alright. Alright. 
Thanks. Thanks. Dataron is just so mad that we made him play this game. <laughs> yep. All right. So, <clears throat> Undertale is stupid a stupid piece of shit game. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Uh, Undertale <laughs> is a JRPG esque game. By, uh, I was gonna say Toby you better Fox. not just leave it at JRPG no. because, good God! <laughs> I know, I know what I'm, I know what I'm about here. Uh, by mm-hmm. developer Toby not Fox. Sure oh, I knew exactly what I was doing when I picked this game, honey. Um, I promise. That's that's unfortunate. Just whipping you into a frothy rage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the gimmick, as most people are probably aware, is that you don't have to kill anybody. Um, large efforts in the game are made to sort of discourage you from killing any enemies that you encounter. Uh, but when you do encounter them, you have to sort of go through a little top-down shmuppy sort of battle sequence, regardless of whether you fight them or spare them. And that's sort of the gist of it. It's, it's a heavily narrative experience. I have such a big problem with that idea. With which idea? Narrative experiences? That, no. <laughs> that you don't have to fight. Because I mean, you, you do have to fight yeah, them. No, it's that, just a different way of you like, have to, combat You have to system. dodge them. You, it's a one-way fight where yeah. they fight you. No, your you... attacks are talking to them. It's, it's yeah. mechanically the same thing. Yeah. You're just picking different words. It's that's, stupid. That's sort of the way I always sort of saw it was like, I'm not fighting them, but I am fighting them. Like it's, yeah, it's like, like it's, still it's the like same. fighting them in a Pokemon-esque way rather than using the QTE that actually does damage to them. So okay, so when you're in a battle with an enemy, you have a bunch of options. You have fight, you have act, you have item, and you have spare. Under fight, yeah, under fight, it gives you like a little a little like timing slider thing where if you hit it in the middle like Mario Golf style, you know, it does more damage the closer to the center you are. Under act, you have a bunch of options. Um, Generally, they're specific to the enemy that you're fighting. Under items, obviously, it gives you access to your inventory and you can use healing items or whatever. And under spare, you can spare the enemy that you're fighting or you can run away from the battle sometimes. Sometimes you can't, but generally you're allowed to leave so when you choose to fight you just have to do that little timing puzzle thing until your enemy runs out of health if you choose actions it's it's basically like pokemon um you have to pick the right action in order to cause your enemy to become disinterested in fighting you at which point you spare them and the battle's over and that's how it works and in between your actions, um, the enemy is attacking in a sort of bullet hell light fashion, and you dodge those attacks. Sometimes less light than others. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and there are sort of individual gimmicks um, that, like, the bosses have that um, restrict your methods of moving around in the box. In the bu- yeah, yeah, in the in bullet, the bullet box. box. Yeah, basically. In the bullet box. Yeah. And it's it is RPG RPG like in the sense that like there there are random battles as you wander around mm-hmm. and and all the classic tropes of of things like that. And I mean if if you choose to fight enemies you do gain experience and level up 
in that method. Um, no, you gain love. <laughs> actually, you, you gain, gain level experience. of viol- level of violence. Is that yeah. uh, is what that actually ends up standing for? <laughs> mm, well, <laughs> but yes, a flower a flower pops up in the beginning and tells you like, oh hey, if you if you uh, you know if you do do things, you'll gain LV. What's that? It's love, of course. And then he tries to kill the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, so flower. I'm just, that flower I'm just, was my only, the only character I liked. I'm just gonna. You liked Sans and Papyrus, didn't you? Say That's that true. While you were <laughs> well, streaming? mostly I liked their names. <laughs> um, like, I so felt like that just, was wonderful. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that we're gonna spoiler the fuck out of this game, you guys. Oh, yeah. So if oh, you don't my want God. this shit spoiled, do we even need spoiler alerts for this podcast? No, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just feel like like Kyla was sort of dancing around like what the flower is. Um, yeah, so the, I would yeah. say, yeah, it, normally, like, I, I don't care that much about, like, us having spoiler alerts kind of things, but this is one game where I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's really much better if you don't know it's coming. Um, and so if you have any inclination to play this game and you haven't yet, don't listen to the rest of this podcast yeah. until that's, you've gone that's and done That's fair. It. Yeah. To, to Which stress is, the warning, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, it's, because it's such a recent game, I feel like it sort of needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um and because I know a lot of people are in the process of playing it still if they haven't already finished it like people who would listen to this I think um I think like Eve is still playing it yeah because there was my my opinion of this game was like fairly like positive side of mediocre until the endings so like I don't want to spoil those endings for people who might want to experience that for themselves. We're still playing it. Just yeah. watch it instead. It's not a good game, but it's fun to watch. Just just go watch it. It's fine. Okay. I mean, it it's, might not be a fun. good. It might not be a good game, but it might be a fun a fun game to play. Stop saying uh, it's not a good it's game. A, it's not a good game. <laughs> I'm just I'm game. just trying to like appease both of you here. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to walk the middle middle road here. I'm a I'm a militant moderate. All right. Well, let's. Uh, which means that which means that nobody likes my opinion. Which means you're American. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, no one in America is moderate. Um, <laughs> I can try no, my. I can I try my damnedest. No one who's no one who speaks about politics in America is moderate. Yeah. No and politics. I, and I, yeah. And I no. don't. So. <laughs> I just I just let everyone else argue around me. Yep. yep. It's fine. Um, so let's let's do a, a quick overview. That's the mechanics. Let's do a quick overview of the story. Okay. As well. So you wake up in the underground. You have fallen underground. <laughs> and you start walking and you encounter oh. a flower. And the flower tries to kill you. And a kindly goat Rightfully woman... So. And a kindly goat woman comes and saves you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then you live with her in the underground Can and you never want to go anywhere phrase, else. A kindly goat woman. A kindly for a goat woman named Toriel. <laughs> um, Toriel is oh, the cute. ultimate mom. And so she takes you back to her home in the ruins and says she's going to take care of you. Basically, with the expectation that you're going to stay there with her forever. So you ask her, well, but I want to go home. And she's like, nope, sorry, I'm going to go destroy the ex- entrance to the ruins so you can't get out, so you're stuck here. So you go and you fight her. Or you have an encounter with her. Where yeah, and if you're me, you just murder the shit out of her. her. You monster. Um, <laughs> after you finish your encounter with Toriel, you can either just be a bad man and kill her, or you can 
That's me. (laughs) Yep. Or you can convince her to stop fighting, in which case she says, okay, well, you can go, but But I never want to see you again. So you leave, and you're in the forest, the snowy, snowy forest. And you encounter two skeletons named Sans and Papyrus. Sans is like a lovable goofball who is just sort of a lazy, lazy boy who doesn't like to do things. I identify highly with Sans. (laughs) Papyrus is his try-hard brother who is desperate to capture a human so that he can join the Royal Guard. Uh, And is also super incompetent at everything. Oh, Oh, yeah. We do need to make mention of the fact that the text that they speak in matches their name it for is, font. It is their respect. Sans speaks in Sans font and Papyrus speaks in Papyrus font and it's fantastic. Sans. Yep. Right, Comic Sans, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In any um, case, it is lovely and that was my favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. I, yes. Um, Papyrus is probably my favorite character. So, okay. That's, uh, they're great. Um, <laughs> Papyrus is, like, super into the idea of capturing a human in order to join the Royal Guard. Basically, the Royal Guard slash the king of all the monsters um, are trying to collect human souls so that they can get across the barrier because the monsters are trapped underground by a magical barrier and if they gather seven human souls, they can break the barrier and go out and wage war on the humans who have basically... um, sequestered them underground i mean to be fair it's yeah i was gonna say it's not a it's not like an unprovoked thing that they're trying to get like to destroy to get up and take revenge on the humans it's there was a huge war and the humans sealed them underground in the first place because like the humans were just way stronger than the monsters yeah yeah and because they're fucking monsters okay jesus they're they're mostly pretty cute monsters yeah except the flower who wanted to kill us yeah he's cute and and the flower <laughs> the flower is wow. sort of a weird extenuating circumstance, but we can we'll get to all that later. Jesus. Good lord. Um, so you go and you fight a bunch Stupid. of dogs, and you get to the town. And the dogs the dogs were probably my favorite. The dogs uh, counters because I, they were always hilarious. I, I like Doggo, the one who can't see. Doggo's I didn't want to kill them, but I killed them. I had my <laughs> stick with me the whole game. So yeah, the stick fun. helps a lot in those. Um, so you can to... you throw the stick? Is that a yeah, thing you can do? Yeah, it's an insta kill, basically. Oh my god, I didn't even know. That's mm. amazing. And so you get to the town, and you sort of do town things. Like there's a shop and a and a like a inn and restaurant and whatever. Um, and you go and have an encounter with Papyrus. And after your encounter with Papyrus, if you don't kill him, you can go back to Papyrus's house and go on a date with him, where he yep. realizes. Actually, I, I'm not really into you like that. <laughs> um, so, Interesting. So they tell you, okay, you're trying to get out. Just keep keep, keep going to the right, and you'll get to the end of the underground, and you can leave. I'm sure Asgore, the king, will let you leave. So you go out of, out of Snowden Town and into, like, these sort of waterfall caves. And in the waterfall caves, um, a small monster boy monster child sort of accompanies you and he keeps talking about how radical this lady Undine is and you keep encountering her which Papyrus did too he was like he mentioned like she's really strong and she's the current captain of the guard everybody everybody loves Undine for good reason um (laughs) um, so in the caves uh, you meet Undine you fight her 
or she pursues you. Yeah. yeah, she pursues you for much of the the mm-hmm. waterfall segment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a big glowy lance that you have to dodge a bunch. Yeah, which is which was a fun wow. fun bit. Um, and then you eventually evade her, and you end up in Hotland, which is sort of a volcanoy area. And there, you come across the laboratory, and in the laboratory, wait, you meet... wait, before that, um, like getting into Hotland is how you get rid of Undine at all. <laughs> yeah, you you run through some caves, and the entire time she's chasing you, and she sort of like catches up to you, and you go through a little bit of a battle sequence, and you run away again. She catches up to you again. Um, I was gonna, I was. I was going to do sort of like individual talks about each of the boss battles. Oh, so yeah. Sort of okay. So, yeah. So yeah, do no, that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so then you get to this laboratory and you meet Alphys, who has a giant robot. She's and, a little dragon monster. Yeah. She's really cute. And um, her giant robot monster, Metaton, is sort of on a murderous rampage because he wants to get across the barrier. Uh, Metaton is like the premier entertainer of, of the underground. And he wants to get across the barrier so that he can go become a celebrity in the human world. So you go through a bunch of levels in Hotland where you're being pursued by Metaton. And you have like a quiz show with Metaton. You have a cooking show with Metaton. You have an FF6 opera-ish like <laughs> sequence with Metaton. And then, oh, finally, yeah. and then finally you have a battle with Metaton. Um, in which men- Metaton game changes name to Undertale the musical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after you have your final encounter with Metaton, you end up in the core. And in the core, you... I mean, you basically go through the core, and once you've gone through there, you're in the final area, where you meet uh, King Asgore. And King Asgore is a super nice guy. He... You meet him and he's like, well, if I didn't have to kill you, I would love to offer you a cup of tea. And then you fight him and he's really sad about it. And then what happens in in it a neutral one? In yeah, the it, neutral ending, yeah. you, you, you almost kill, like you get him then, down to a very Flowey low health and you can decide to kill or spare him at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you spare him, does... Flowey comes anyway Yeah. and kills him. And, yeah. Um, and then you have to fight Flowey, the flower. Because the flower, guess what, is, like, actually super-duper evil. Um, and, and it has, like, the most terrifying final form. Yeah. Um, at, at which point, if, if you've done a neutral run, you have spared Asgore, um, and you have gotten through the flowey fight, then you're basically prompted to do the game again. Because... Uh, you also have to, you have to, like do some stuff to befriend all the bosses too because you have yeah. to you have to go on the date with papyrus mm-hmm. and you have to go to do the, the cooking, cooking lesson thing. with undine yeah. which is which is like part of the pacifist run so in the after you've done a neutral run you can like if you haven't completed all those things um you can go back and do those things um so you yeah you go on the date with papyrus you go do a cooking competition <laughs> with undine um and you go through these secret laboratory in Alphys' lab where you learn sort of about monster souls, about human souls, about determination. You also uh you also you also get Undine and Alphys together as a couple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which is adorable. That is that is that is super cute. Um but yeah, that laboratory is really really fucked up. Yeah, it is. 
so yeah that's that's basically like the ending um, you fight a lot of monsters in there that are sort of like glitch versions of monsters mm -hmm. where like you can't quite read the text or they have attacks that sort of look like other attacks but messed up versions mm -hmm. and they like uh, the the music is like a deformed version of their usual music and it's just it's a really creepy place to be it's it's like playing a genocide run. <laughs> um so yeah after like if you get to the end on a true pacifist run basically um you go to fight asgore and toriel comes up and she's like why are you beating up this kid and then um sans and papyrus come up and they're like yo what's going on and then um alfis and undine come up and they're like hey we're here too and then flowey comes in and says okay i'm gonna steal all of your friends souls and he does and he turns into um asriel who is the thought to be dead son of asgore and toriel who <laughs> had his consciousness put into the flower but didn't have a soul because of experiments that alfis was doing it's there's so much to say and it's <laughs> like it's it's so hard to like get across all of it because there's just a shit ton of backstory yeah and they're t it's it's kind of given to you in a diff few different pieces across various different endings yeah because you, you get different bits of the backstory you, like you get a different piece in each ending so it's it's hard to like put it all together yeah there's a there's an implication in the true pacifist run that like because so you, you the character that you remind everyone of the little human child uh like died and that's one of the reasons that flowey is such a dick basically mm -hmm. um yeah but there's an implication that asriel sort of like you and asriel sort of killed the the kid on purpose like the kid was like hey let's have a let's do a thing where i'm gonna eat these poisonous flowers so you can take my soul and like Get, gather other souls to break open the yeah. barrier. The So what happens is a long, long time ago, the first kid who fell into the underground was the, the canonical name was uh, Chara, like the first five letters of the word character. Like that's, that's <laughs> the, that's the air quotes true name. If you put that into the game, it's, it says the true name. And I, I think see. that might affect the outcome of the game. So Chara fell down. Um, if you don't put in Chara, it's whatever the name is that you select at the beginning yeah. is actually this child. Yeah, and the character that you play as the whole time is not the character that you name. The character that you play as is just a, a, a child named Frisk. Yeah. You um, don't know that for most of the game. Yeah, so you, do the you don't know that until trending. you've played it at least twice. It's ridiculous. Oh, God, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Chara fell down the hole and was found by Asriel, who was the prince of the underground, the son of uh, Toriel and Asgore. And then at some point, um, Chara gets sick, which the implication, yes, is that he like purposely, well, he, she, it's, you know, gender, gender ambiguous child, <laughs> um, ate the they. golden flowers on purpose. So the child gets sick. And um, Asriel takes the child through the portal because you can only go through the portal if you have one human soul, at least one human soul and one monster soul. So they go through the portal to try to heal the child up in the human world. And the humans see Asriel carrying this very ill, almost dead child. And they're like, well, shit, that monster killed the kid or is in the process of killing that kid. Let's beat him up. So they beat Asriel up 
and he flees back underground and almost dies and basically has his conscience conscience not conscience consciousness put into a flower because of medical experiments by Alphys, who's doing experiments to try to like come up with artificial souls to get through the barrier Uh... (laughs) yep it's sort of convoluted it's very convoluted what I really dislike about this is that you actually need to play it through multiple times yep yeah. To get that information. And, yeah. That's and the story with only one playthrough is not that impressive. Yeah. I I liked it a lot more um on having played through the true past visiting. Okay. So I haven't finished this story of the true past <laughs> visiting. So you fight Azrael and um eventually like all of your, your friends' souls like come back and you break through the barrier and everyone goes through the barrier and they're like living in the human world and it's really sweet and like Toriel opens a school and Asgore is like pruning pruning like hedges like topiary hedges and Papyrus is riding in a red sports car yeah. convertible <laughs> and um uh Sans is on like a sick motorbike doing wheelies I think <laughs> it's very cute and then and then you decide if you want Toriel to be your mom <laughs> yep. I said yes. I yep. did too. I couldn't say no to her. I know. Best mom NA. <sighs> so and, yeah, I don't know. We can we can talk and then more there's about the genocide ending? Yeah. I figured we could talk about the genocide run sort of on its own. Or we okay. could do that now. I don't I mean it is sort of a story element, I guess. Yeah, I so what happens to the genocide? If anything, I think that is the actual true ending. It kind of is, I think. The genocide ending is, is canonical. Well, you can't... Well, they are... They're all sort of canonical. Is it true no, no, no. you can't do... Is it true that you can't do the true pacifist ending if you've done the genocide ending once? Uh, you can. It changes the ending of the true pacifist ending. Yep. Okay. A I don't know what it changes bit. it to. I haven't actually it, it seen that. It changes it a tiny bit. What happens is, at the very end, when Toriel comes in and gives you your pie... Mm-hmm. your little character you, basically what happens in a genocide run is that it turns out your character is like a reincarnation of Chara mm-hmm. and has come back to basically end the world with um, Flowey slash Asriel um, and yeah so when when Natoriel comes in and gives you your pie there's that little scene and she leaves the room and it like your like your face turns and looks at the camera and your eyes glow red and it's like creepy. And okay. That's basically what happens. Okay, but otherwise it's the same as a as a true pacifist ending. Um, because actually I find yeah. that the genocide ending really feels like based on the dialogue that occurs in it, like it happens after the true pacifist ending. I see. I I see it as sort of, yeah, basically yeah. that. Like it's it's sort of. Um, an endless cycle of repeating the story right because prior to your arrival in the underground um flowey had the ability to save and reset the world which brings in you know weird metagame narrative things yeah which is my like kind of my favorite thing about the game but we can Mm -hmm. touch on that separately (laughs) yeah that was that was the thing that i really enjoyed as well um and then when you arrived um Flowey, Flowey no longer had that ability because 
The thing that allows you to do that is determination, and your determination was stronger than Flowey's. So Flowey gets pissed off at you, and um, doesn't want you to basically stop him from being able to control everything. So you murder him, but then that ends up being bad. Yeah. <laughs> because the, like, the, the... Is it is it supposed to be like um, Chara's soul that's in that was inside Flowey that like looks like you that pops up? Um, that's so. Yeah. That was the implication that I took away is that like I, yeah, you, I meet, think you meet like it's your either that self. or Chara just arrives from somewhere else. It's it's hard to say. Like I I don't know because I was thinking it was Azriel's soul in Flowey, but it might actually be like a combination of both. Yeah, and that's sort of. Why I'm not. I don't really like the idea that the genocide run is supposed to take place after. Something it, like that. I think just, they're separate. It's a, yeah, they are definitely separate, but it's a combination of the fact that, like, the genocide run explicitly calls out this idea of, like, you know, you're doing this over and over for the sake of completeness, and, like, you know, just because this ending is here doesn't mean you have to get it. Mm-hmm. And um, also at the end of the true pacifist ending there's a thing where like flowey says like you know you have the power to reset the game but please don't because you know like you had the you know um that's basically what you were trying to stop me from doing was erasing everything and starting over Mm -hmm. so don't use that power that you have just be content with the fact that this is the good ending and don't do anything else well yeah but and that's and that's obviously you know put in place to be like well i guess i could restart it and do the bad thing but I think um, as a player, good point of like play the other ending. But the thing is, that thing <sighs> with Flowey, you don't see that until you've like stopped the game and already restarted it. Like if you if you get the true pacifist ending, you like the game ends, you can close the game, and then if you open the game again, there's Flowey begging you like not to restart the game. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of an interesting touch. <laughs> yeah, the um the the meta narrative in this game is. Like you said, it's it's pretty spectacular, um, <laughs> and sort of the most interesting part of the game. Yeah, I think. And yeah. you can totally see that it this project started as a Earthbound sort yeah. of mm-hmm. fan game. Definitely, it it has a lot of those feels. I really thought when I started playing it, like, oh, this is going to be a game about like violence versus pacifism, and you know, it's going to be. It's like, oh, it's kind of cute how, like, they give you this other option, but it's essentially mechanically, you know, very similar to the fight option. So, you know, it's not that interesting. But then, like, the endings kind of blow it all up into, like, no, actually, this is a commentary about how, like, violence is the primary expectation of gameplay. And just because games say we need to, you know, like, ask us to do certain things or ask us to expect certain things doesn't necessarily mean that we should take that for granted and, and expect those things. Mm-hmm. Which which made me like the game way more than when I was when I started playing it. Yeah, like there are, there are a lot of situations where, you know, you go into the game with this expectation of okay, you don't have to fight anyone, but then the game just forces you into these like you can't leave the fight until the game is done with you in this <laughs> fight, which was 
interesting. And I, a lot of times I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I didn't, I didn't know what I was like, what my objective was necessarily in the, in the fight. And I usually really, it turns out you just have to survive. Sorry, go ahead. I really like the fact that pretty much every fight, at least every boss fight, but also every small fight is sort of like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Where you can, you can sort of skip through parts of it. Mm-hmm. For example, the dogs, if you have a stick, you can throw the stick. Yeah, or the... Um, and at the spider, the spider boss fight, yeah. I if did you have that, a spider donut. I did that my second playthrough, and it was much faster and easier, because that you... fight gets a little difficult. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Is it different if you... Do you just, like, use that to prove that you've bought from spider bake sales? or yep. like, If you have a spider cider or a spider donut, and you use it at the beginning of the fight, the fight ends immediately. Nice. That's awesome. You can also pay her during the fight to go easier on you. Yeah. That's, Wait, that's you don't have to pay her. Yeah. I spent all my gold. Oh, no. I spent like a, th- a thousand gold. I only paid her um, if the attack coming up next was the one where she tries to feed you to her giant spider pet. Yeah. Because those were the hardest ones for me. I feel like I was really bad at this game. Just generally, I'm not like a great bullet hell kind of person, and I ended up like just not being able to dodge most of the time, so I just ended up eating a lot of health items. Yeah, I I went pretty heavy on the health items. Um, the second time I played through, just because I could, I bought the Tammy armor. I assume that's one of the quote-unquote food items in the Tammy shop. Um, so, in the Tammy shop... If you if you pay for Temi to go to college, you pay a thousand gold for Temi to go to college. Um, after she comes back from college, there's another item called the Temi armor, which gives you like a ridiculous amount of defense. Um, I and I want to say that costs a thousand gold, but then every subsequent time that you die, it gets cheaper. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize it would get cheaper. Nice. Yeah, it, it, uh... I like the fact that the best armor in the game is made available by paying for a college. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The, the best anything in the game comes from fucking Temi Village. Hi, I'm Temi. <laughs> yep. Good yep. God. Named after, like, apparently someone uh, who helped out with the art on yeah, some of the Temi, game. Temi Chang, I believe, um, who did a bunch of the sprite art and monster design along with Toby Fox. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Because this game was made by, like, one person, basically, which is Evidently kind of amazing. Half, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked in the credits. There were, there were a lot of other people in the credits who were who were credited with, like, you know, one or two monsters yeah. apiece. But it was mostly Toby Fox and Temi and, yep. like, a bunch of other people just for little bits and bobs. Um, all right, so let's, um, let's overview the genocide ending quick because it's kind of... I think it's sort of in the in the vein of the narrative, the rest of the narrative, but it's its own thing. Okay, so the genocide ending, you... It's creepy as fuck. Yeah, so I guess I'll talk about the genocide run just in general. Um, to activate a genocide run, what you have to do is grind a whole bunch in the ruins and kill every monster. And you will know that you've killed every monster when a random battle occurs and nobody appears. There will just be text that said, like, nobody came. And yeah, the music but, will be all but creepy. nobody came, which ends up being like a phrase that is used several times in several mm-hmm. different contexts in a yeah. way that's kind of really awesome. Yeah, actually, that is true. 
Um, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it just now, which is beautiful. Um, so you do that. You kill all of the monsters in the ruins, and then you kill Toriel at the end of the ruins. And from then on, you are on the genocide path. Um, and whenever you get to a save point, it will give you a number. And that number is how many monsters exist in that zone. So to continue on the genocide path, you have to kill all those monsters. And it just counts down um, at save points, so you can always keep track. And you also have to kill every boss. And ignore Sans's warnings that you are going to have a bad time. Yeah, um, you're going to have a real bad time. Um, and uh, quite a bit of stuff changes um, throughout the story. Apart from just the overall tone, um, like, ugh, kitty, like, <laughs> um, it, it starts pretty quickly. Like, for example, the, like the first characters you meet are Sans and Papyrus. And Papyrus, who is really excited to meet a human, doesn't actually recognize you as a human. He's like, well, where's the human that you say you have, Sans? Like, what's <laughs> going on while you're standing right in front of him? The implication is being, that a human? No, Papyrus. I think that's a rock. <laughs> but the thing in front of it might be a human. <laughs> yeah, and then you get to Snowden Village, and the entire place is evacuated. Like nobody's there, because they're all running away from you, ostensibly. Um, let's see. So then you go through Waterfall, and Papyrus is also like super disappointed in you, like not liking his jokes and and yeah. fake traps and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, you take no shit on his puzzles. And he's like, okay, well, all right. Um, and then you go through the waterfall. And the fight with Undine takes place um, actually sooner in the genocide run than it does previously. Um, you she Basically, you go to attack the monster kid. Undine comes in and stops you. Like, she blocks your hit. And she starts to die but then wills herself not to die and transforms into Undine the Dying. The Undying, has... I think. Yeah. Is that not what I said? You said the Dying. I believe oh. it's the Undying. Yeah, it is the Undying. I thought I said Undying. Whatever. <laughs> Close enough. Um, and, yeah, and her boss fight's much more difficult um, in Genocide than it is in the rest of, in, in you know, Neutral or Pacifist. Yeah, and she's one of the only bosses that doesn't die in one hit. Yeah. Like, she actually just has that much health that you just have to keep yeah. fighting her. Um, so then, once you defeat her, she's like, well, good. I was just trying to buy time so Alphys could, um, you know, evacuate the rest of the monsters. So you get to Alphys' lab, and it's deserted. And Metaton's like, I'm not gonna fight you because I am more valuable as an entertainer than as a dead robot. So you, you basically skip, like, the rest of the, um, encounters with Metaton, like you don't do the cooking show, you don't do the quiz, you don't do the little opera section. You just basically go straight ahead into um, fighting him for the final time, where he goes into his secondary form. His Bishonen form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you kill him. And Al Alphys doesn't even appear at all. No, in, she's, in yeah, she's not in run. the genocide run. Um, yeah, and then you basically get to Asgore, and Asgore, when you greet him, says, Oh, what kind of monster are you? Because he doesn't recognize you as a human either. Um, yeah, a lot of the... Uh, and like... then you kill him. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, before you get to um, Asgore, um, 
Flowey shows up a couple times and is sort of like trying to get on your good side, like because he knows that you are going to kill everybody. Yeah. He thought he, that she... he thought that you were allies. And then he realizes that you have no reason to spare him. Yeah. So so he tries to like I can help. I can help. Please exactly. don't kill me. Exactly. Yep. So then you get to Asgore and you kill Asgore. And no. Flowey also... Flowey actually first Yeah, Flowey. Sans. I think Flowey actually does. Oh that. shit. How did I forget about Sans? You... Yeah, before you get to Asgore, you have to deal with the most difficult boss fight in the game, which is Sans. Yeah. <laughs> You don't fight Sans in any of the other runs, but in the genocide mm. run, you 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 always run into him in the castle before you fight Asgore. Normally, yeah. he gives you like just like a few lines of dialogue based on what you've done yeah. in the game and like how how your run is going so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're in the genocide run, you have to you fight have a him. Bad time. Holy crap! Is that a bad time? Yeah. Um, you said Chris, you said Dodger's run of that was seven hours. <laughs> Yeah, it was over seven hours for her to beat that boss fight, and she cried tears of joy once it was done. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's like I I watched I watched um like two hours of that boss fight. It was like two hours straight of that boss fight. Um, it I, is I a watched, true bullet hell kind yeah, of experience. I, I watched um Joel from Vine Sauce do it, and he, it took him two hours because partially because he got to the end of the fight or he got to the part where Sans is like, I'm gonna spare you. And he yeah. he took the bait, and when you when you take the bait, Sans just kills you. <laughs> so he had to do the whole fight over again, um, which that that actually takes place That's like fantastic. maybe two thirds of the way through the fight. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm so glad I did not attempt. Like I considered attempting a genocide run. I didn't. I figured I didn't have enough time for it, and mm-hmm. also I w- had just finished the true pacifist ending, and I like really really didn't want to hurt any of these characters. Yeah. It was so I'm like I guess I'll just watch some pieces of it. I really want to play the genocide ending, but I feel like I don't have to. I want to do the things in the beginning, like killing all the monsters and stuff. Yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat. I don't want to go through a five-hour fucking boss fight with Sans. Jesus. Yeah, I I'm glad I watched the genocide run because like it was it was uncomfortable enough um watching watching Joel's like playthrough of genocide because every every time he like remembered another character he was like oh no i'm gonna have to kill insert character name here two <laughs> yeah. uh like, he, he was so upset about it um did we mention also that the music gets really creepy if you're doing a genocide run like just the game music goes yeah. like really like sort of quiet and ominous uh, I, I mentioned it when i was talking about like starting it but yeah the game okay. the music just stays really droney and ambient like it's 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 the regular music that you would expect from that zone in a minor key slowed down and sort of slurred out. So it's very creepy. Yeah. Um, so you, you fight Sans, and if you're lucky, you beat him. Yeah. <laughs> then you go fight Asgore. And then you go fight Asgore, and you kill Asgore, and... I'm actually, like, semi-ambiguous on what even happens in the genocide run. Uh, at the ending, like you meet the you soul, a soul who looks like you. Yeah, okay. and it's it's unclear if I my impression was that it's supposed to be the soul of the child that Azriel absorbed. Yeah, because you get you get to this soul by basically like completely beating down what's left of Azriel, mm-hmm. and then the soul says something like, "Thank you for like 
freeing me or reviving me or something like that. Um, but it looks like you, which yeah. makes sense because you are right. like the and kid it, that it reminds everyone that mm-hmm. reminds everyone of that kid. And it says I am, and then uses your character's name. Yeah. So. Okay. But it, yeah, it it says thank you. Your power awakened me from death. Yeah. Whatever the hell that means, my human soul. Yep. And uh, and this character is super super creepy, and is like basically gets gets super meta on you. Gets like, so why did you want to do this? Are you happy now that you like? got to the end like wasn't it great watching all those numbers go up like (laughs) you know like are you proud of yourself kind of thing it's like well the only thing to do now is reset the game and if you don't want to reset the game the character is just like what you thought you actually had control over this and just resets the game for you and then it resets the game and you sit in silence for like 10 minutes or something until you decide to actually just like yeah until it gives you the option of actually reloading Mm -hmm. like from the beginning and some dialogue comes in but it's like what, what is the dialogue? It's like, did you oh. think that the rules don't apply to you? Yeah. Did you like, think yes there would be no, no consequences yeah, did you for think your there actions? would be no consequences, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to give it your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I love the things that this game does with, like, your save files and, like, mm-hmm. arbitrarily closing the game on you sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That and stuff just, is really cool. Yeah, that meta stuff is what bumped this game up to like above average for me i think i think my favorite meta moment and when it happened i thought of you kylo because i was like oh man i can't wait to talk to kylo about this um in the true pacifist ending when you're fighting asriel at the point where like you keep sparing him and you keep sparing him um and he's like why don't you just give up already why don't you just die and he hits you for that unblockable undodgeable attack and your health goes down to like one then it goes down to 0.9 then it goes down to 0.5 then it goes down to 0.1.01.001 and finally it's like 0000001 and i was like oh my gosh this is so beautiful like this is (laughs) this is just like the perfect example of using the ui to reinforce the character yeah they do all kinds of weird shit with the ui and Mm -hmm. with like in the in the neutral ending when you're fighting Omega Flowey because Flowey absorbs the like six souls the mm-hmm. six human souls and becomes this horrifying monster who's like the only enemy in the game who's drawn with like actual Photoshop instead yeah. of pixel art um, which is hilarious the, the that character but, officially is called Photoshop Flowey yeah which is um, wonderful but yeah so Photoshop Flowey has a, an attack where he like saves the the fight mid game and then reloads those saves mm-hmm so, like, you'll be playing, and then suddenly it will just, like, jump back in time to when you were in more danger. It's super disorienting. Yeah. And incredibly effective. <laughs> and very much in character for, like, Flowey's whole, like, messing with time and reality kind mm-hmm. of powers. Yes. And I, I love that kind of meta shit. That's so great. Yeah. But is, is that a real fight, though? Yes. You can die real hard in that fight. Can you? you have to, yeah, I died. I died several times in that fight. You can I die, but it brings you right back, basically. No, uh, not really. In the in the Omega Flowey fight, in in the Azrael fight, you you can die and you revive immediately with no lost progress. In, in the Flowey fight, you die and you have to restart from the beginning of the Flowey. The Flowey fight. Um, no, the Flowey fight. The way the Flowey fight works is you you keep calling, and every time you call, you call another one of the six souls. So you have to go through, like 
six um, rounds. So it seems like you're dying and getting sent back to the beginning, but you're actually not. Well, I I know I died and got sent back to the beginning before I saved the first soul. Hmm. Maybe it maybe it, like check marks you at different souls. That might be it. Um, but yeah, I I I at first I did not believe that they were going to make me do that kind of ridiculous bullet hell that you have to do with that. I'm like, this can't be, this has to be a, a supposed to lose fight. Like, there's no way they can expect me to actually dodge these attacks. Um, and then I died like twice and I'm like, oh, I guess they expect me to actually dodge these attacks. Yeah. And eventually Wait, I got my it. My mind is so blown right now. <laughs> I thought you couldn't lose that fight. Nope. I don't, well, I, I mean, I think... That's that's really cute that eventually. that Carl's like I don't I didn't think you could lose that fight and Kyle's yeah, like I, I for, didn't think I could win that fight. <laughs> I, think, I think if you if you just die a whole bunch of times it'll eventually be like okay we're going to we're going to give it to you because that seemed to be what was happening to me because I was just getting like so fucking like my eyes were just tired of like looking at all of this shit going on on the screen <laughs> that I was like I can't do this anymore and I got through it and I was I was just like eating dog shit by the end of the by the end of the so, fight. Yeah, so the I first the for me the way. first couple times I died like before I had saved any of the souls, he closes the game. Mm -hmm. Like the game literally closes and you have to reopen the game to play it again. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to do that a bunch of times. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> right. And then once I once I freed the once I saved the first soul, I didn't end up um I'd never died again. So I don't know like what it does checkpointing wise it, it's difficult to say i i don't really know either um to be honest but it yeah. certainly remembers your state like you can't you can't just go close the game and like reload at a state before you're fighting flowey or something like that because the the game takes control of your save state mm -hmm. and the game does a lot of save manipulation in general yeah um it just like it doesn't necessarily change the game or the outcomes of the game, but you will get weird little dialogue things um, based on whether or not you've reloaded saves um, or gone back to before a save. Um, I know if you if you kill Toriel and then go back and reload and don't kill her, um, the second time you go to the fight, she'll say, like, why are you looking at me like that? Like, you've seen a ghost. Hmm. Yeah, there's so it, I, it's always remembering what you're doing. Yeah, I died a ton of times on um, Asgore, and it keeps count yeah. of how many times he's killed you. Yeah, like like up to ten. Like you like you like you tell Asgore, you've killed me five times already. He nods sadly. Yeah. Like, and and it does the same thing with Sans. Um, like yeah. you've got a look on your face like you've died twice already. You've got a look on your face like you've died eight times already, or is that nine? You've, you've got to look on your face like you know I can't really keep track too well after eleven, so we'll just we'll just call it we'll just call it there. Like yep. Speaking of the Asker fight, that's a part that really bugged me when I was playing. I went pacifist, but I didn't know what like what to do for the true pacifist ending. So I just hadn't killed anyone, but I didn't have I didn't do the cooking. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, when fighting Asgore, I tried to fight him, and you have to fight him. Yeah, yeah you can't it's... act him out. Yeah, that that annoyed me a bit too. I, like I ended up, I ended up. There were two situations where I ended up game facking what I was supposed to do for like nonviolence, and that was one of them. Was the other one Undine? Yeah. Same here. 
I mean, the game teaches you're supposed you to you're supposed so to long. flee from her fight, which doesn't yeah. make any sense. But yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree, Carl. The game the game teaches you that like the the pacifist way of doing things is to act and spare. And the so speaking of awesome UI things that the game does, like. Uh, when the fight starts, Asgore destroys the mercy button. Mm -hmm. Like, he literally uses his weapon and, like, thrusts it down into the UI and the button explodes. Mm -hmm. And so you, like, you do not have the option of choosing spare. And you can talk to him, but you can only talk to him, like, a couple times before it's just, like, talking doesn't do anything anymore. If you say I really wish you would have destroyed the act button at that point. Um, if, If you save the butterscotch pie all the way until the end and eat it in front of him... He, like, gets sad because he remembers his ex-wife and yep. his attacks go down. Yep. I, d- I did that. Yeah. I had the pie at that so point. Did I. <laughs> I, I actually, like, before I knew that was a thing, I saved the pie because I was like, I'm probably not going to get another pie, and I feel sad that I left, <laughs> that I left <laughs> Toriel, so, so I put it in my box. <laughs> That's exactly what I did for exactly the same reason. Yep. <laughs> I'm like... You know, th- at first I was saving it because I'm like, this is a full heal item, and like those are probably hard to come by, so like I should save that. And then I, eventually I realized that like I would never have more than twenty health. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I guess I don't need to save it, but it's this memento of Toriel, and like I, f- I would feel bad and. Twenty health. I ate it as soon as I needed HP. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You mean you didn't? You didn't pick up like four pieces of monster candy in the ruins and knock over the bowl like a disgusting little piggy. Yep. Sure did. That was that was another like just the way the way the game interacts with you um is blatantly manipulative. Of, yeah, it's great. <laughs> like the like the you take a piece of candy. Okay, you go back and you take a second piece of candy and the game's like you feel disgusting. The third piece <laughs> you take you go take a third piece of candy and it's like What's wrong with you? You go take a fourth piece of candy and it's like, you're such a slob that you knock over the candy bowl and it's just like candies all over the ground. I'm like, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I, I took only a took mint. one piece of candy. Yeah, I, I could, only took I one could, piece of candy. I always, like, whenever there's a thing where it's like, take one, I, I like to just keep taking to see if I can, to see what happens. And usually yeah. it's either like, you, it just gives you a limit or it's infinite. Um... So the I... only one that I found that was infinite was the potato chips in the lab. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of the others are. Well, and buying stuff at the shops mostly. Um, you can. I I found this up. Um, I found this out just sort of when I was looking around at stuff after I'd beaten it once. Um, you can. You can farm dog residue for dog <laughs> salad. So dog <laughs> salad is like technically an infinite healing healing item. Oh, nice! I didn't know that part. Yeah. Where do you get dog salad? Um, did you, in the waterfall, did you do the cave puzzle, the music puzzle? No, I couldn't figure out, I, was it, what were you supposed to even do with that? Was it the Shiren song? So you go, like, a couple screens to the right, and there's a little statue. And you, you put an umbrella on yeah, it. You pick up the umbrella, and then you go back and put it on the statue, and music starts to play, and you replicate that music in the piano oh, Okay. Room. Yeah, it's I like... missed that one. I figured there was some secret thing there, but I I was oh. too lazy to go and check it out. I didn't I didn't realize that was the music. I I looked that up. Like yeah. I looked up which notes I had to yeah. play on the piano. Yeah. Um, because I I never made that connection. Mm-hmm. It's... But yeah, then the dog appears and uh, you get dog it's residue. Orb. 
Yeah, he's t yeah, you try to pick up the orb that appears in the room, and it's like, you can't pick this up. You have too many dogs in your inventory. So you're like, what? I don't have any dogs in my inventory. <laughs> your inventory uh, is full of dogs. And then you, you go look to your inventory, inventory, and it says, annoying dog. Yeah. So if you, if you use or drop the dog, the dog music plays. And the dog runs off with the orb, and in your inventory you have dog residue. If yeah, use... that being said, hang on though. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the beautiful phrasing of the annoying dog has been deployed. Yes. <laughs> when you use the dog, he says that. Yep. And then the dog steals your orb. It has been deployed. So do you love that or do you hate that? I I love that. Okay, that was... good. All right, we've found something we can all agree on. We love it. We love it when dogs are deployed here on the Feedback Force podcast. Yep. Um, so the dog residue, yeah, dog residue, if you use the dog residue, it immediately fills up every remaining inventory slot with dog residue. However, sometimes it gives you dog salad and dog salad heals for like two HP, 15 HP or all HP, uh, randomly. Um, and you can farm dog residue for money in the Temi shop and you can also farm dog residue for dog salad. Just a little aside. If you if you have that kind of time, and then and then Temmy will sometimes haggle with you. Yeah. For the the dog salad and, and like it'll say you know she'll give you nine gold or whatever, and then you try to sell it and then Temmy's like oh my god I really want that but I need to pay for college I'll give you nine yeah I'll give you nine gold and you can say no and then Temmy will be like ah fine I still really want it I'll give you thirteen and then you can get more from it. Fun fact, after you pay for her college, when she tries to haggle you, she said, Oh, but I need money for grad school. Yes! <laughs> Fantastic. There's no option to send Tammy to grad school. No, that's too bad. I didn't know you could sell stuff. Yeah, you, only to Tammy. You can't sell it anywhere else. I checked everywhere but yep. at Tammy's there, place. There's, I was going to say, there is a sell option in shops. I never mm -hmm. bothered to check it. Do things just not... Buy yeah, stuff. What happens you, is they, like, they yell at you. They're yeah. like, are you an idiot? Like, Why would I buy your junk? I'm trying to sell my own junk yeah, here, like, lady. Like, I, don't want your, <laughs> I don't want your chintzy garbage is like what they basically say, which is wonderful. It's like, I'm trying to get rid of my own chintzy garbage. <laughs> Holy crap. Why would I want yours? I wouldn't be in business. Yeah. That sort of sense of humor was the, the one thing. So... There were, like, basically two points where, like, the game, like, rose in estimation for me. Because I was, I think, like Chris, I was totally kind of unimpressed with it mechanically um, for, like, a good chunk of the game. But things in the writing like that, like, won me over to, like, oh, this is actually not that bad, like, through most of the game. And then the endings actually bumped it up for me. Yeah. But the I, writing is cute as hell. Yeah, and I was I was sort of in the same boat. Like I was not super impressed with the gameplay either. I don't think any of us were that impressed with the gameplay. But yeah, I just don't see the point of playing it if you're not impressed with the gameplay, which is why I hate the it. The writing was adorable, yeah. and the meta commentary was really else interesting. It while playing I, an actually good game or something. I don't. I started. Or I could just being, read a book. I started off being not impressed by the mechanics, but how they use it. And especially in the later parts of yeah. the game, mm -hmm. I, I it's really brilliant. That. The way yeah. that they manipulate the boundary box, um, yeah, and I mean, the way they manipulate the UI is is usually very cool. interesting. And it is interesting. It just wasn't fun. 
I mean, that's fair. If you're not, if you don't like um, like turn-based and, games or like mini mini bullet hells, like and that's, that's the all thing. It is. We, like we just we just value different things. You value gameplay, like mechanical excellence overall, and I more value like holistically the entire experience. And the writing for me was enough to make it a good experience. Yeah, but so, I don't see why I would play that experience. Well, you don't like I can see why watch you it or listen it. to it or whatever, but and that's fine. But to me, like playing it is a perfectly valid way to consume that media. Yeah, I you was can fine. consume I it would, however you want. You don't I have would to consume do it. Do something else though is my question. Because like what, like if if the gameplay itself is not engaging enough to like make it rise above other games then why wouldn't you just do something else while consuming this media? That's so, that's the part think for me is. that I'm wondering. So I think there is, well, yeah, like A, like Carl was saying, I think it actually does do some really right. interesting and if gameplay you, stuff if later. Do, but... like, if you really enjoy the gameplay that it offers, then that's fine. But if you don't, that's my curiosity. So, is like, yeah. why actually play it? So I think even if you don't, I think there's still something to be said, particularly in a game that's this that's focused the way this one is, um, there's something to be said for the feeling of making, uh, being responsible for making decisions yeah. in a game like this. Like it's it's not the same thing to watch a genocide ending as it is to play the genocide ending. I believe. Yeah, like I've I and agree. and they actually specifically call that out in their ridiculous like meta segments uh, when Flowey's talking to you, where Flowey says something like, um, you know, like at least you and I are you know are strong enough to like do this on our own i bet there's some people who like wimped out and just watched from the sidelines i bet there are people just watching this mm -hmm. right now yeah you're right i forgot about that so like flowey is specifically ragging on the people who are like i don't want to really play the genocide ending myself by saying like well you know that's that's the wi that's the wimp's way out and it's just weird to me i don't know and see, I, I I didn't find the gameplay unfun enough to make me not want to play it. Like the gameplay was not unfun enough to me to make me to discourage me from wanting to get through the narrative bits. Yeah, I, I thought that the gameplay for me was adequate. Yeah, it was it was not that's, spectacular, that's but that's... it was adequate for like a a play experience. I'll, I'll agree with that assessment. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the game, but I was so. I, we were we were talking about like the writing being super adorable. Um, there are few, yeah, I'm like... watching the Sands fight now, and that's actually <laughs> <laughs> what you thought I was just gonna stand there and take it as he winks at you. Yeah, fucking great. <laughs> Which is great if you if you check Sands, it's like one attack, one defense. He can only take one hit. The weakest character in the game, but right, you just literally like, can't oh, hit him. Oh. You know, yeah. And you never do hit him. You just fucking tire <laughs> him out. That's how the fight plays out. Like it's brilliant. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, I I genuinely love the writing. It's just yeah. I, I personally, from for the way I experience games anyway, I don't see a difference from between like me watching this versus me playing it. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I actually can do something else while watching it. <laughs> but and I think I think that's fine. Like for games like this, where you really just want to murder us all for making you play it, like that's fine if you just want to watch it. 
if that'll keep you from bitching about it, like <laughs> no, I had to bitch about it. it because that means I have to spend my time watching it. <laughs> but if you spend your time watching it, you can do other things. Yeah, and I mean, in this case, this game would, I mean, probably is enjoyable to watch. Like now that I'm actually watching it, I think I might watch a full playthrough from start to finish, and that's. That's what's interesting to me is that you guys are like, no, it wasn't like like gameplay has to be bad enough that you want to go watch it. Whereas I'm just like, no, it's if if there are any other games that are better, I'll go play those games and I'll just watch this one. Like I don't. That's the weird thing to me, and and I I realize that that's like I'm in the minority there because most people love just playing games for the sake of playing them or something. I don't know. Um, but it's fascinating to me that there's that difference where I'm just like, yeah. well, if it's not the best game that I could be playing right now, I'd rather play something else, but I'll t- totally have this on my second monitor and like still experience it on the sidelines, I guess. I don't know. I'll send you Joel's playthrough because his, his, his version of Papyrus's voice is like my head cannon for Papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's brilliant. I, I have to watch Dodger, though, because she's undoubtedly worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Watching it, somebody it, struggle with Sam for seven hours seven sounds hours fantastic. If it took seven hours and it only took Joel, like, two hours, yeah. But, and there's something about watching people who are bad at games play them, which is even better than watching people who are good at games yeah, play them. I will probably end up watching the Dodger playthrough. I, I also want to see how other people react to certain moments in the game. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing that I, I enjoy with watching it, too. Like, if I just have my own reaction, which throughout the I, like I killed Toriel and didn't care. Well, yeah, like I don't, you, I don't, don't personally emotions, react. So you yeah, have to, exactly. You have to experience other people's emotions vicariously. How can you not care about Toriel? Basically, yeah. Like I, I was, I was like, well, I guess I can maybe like get her low enough to mercy her or something. Like, see, I that's just fig- that's why I accidentally killed her and had to reload my save because I thought it was right. a matter of. So Get her my, down low enough. Yeah. I did. I, so I did it accidentally. My I killed her, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" I didn't mean to kill her. And then like she did her whole dying thing. I was just like, "Well, all right, guess I'll continue." Like I just didn't care that it happened. She gave you pie, and you killed her. <laughs> That's true, but whatever. I can go to the grocery store for pie. It doesn't matter. Um, it's not like I'm gonna fall in love with the clerk. So. But you might fall in love with a kindly goat woman. <laughs> I don't think I will. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, a kindly goat woman. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's just that's I mean, the that's, other thing for me is that fair. I don't get style, engaged yeah. emotionally by those things personally. Like if I'm not sharing that experience with somebody else, because I'm just like, all right, well that's a thing that happened on my computer screen. Cool, I guess. Like I don't know. It's it's hard for me to explain. But if I watch it. And I see somebody else get emotionally invested in it. I'm like, oh, okay, I can care about their reaction to it. I don't yeah, know. That's that's fair. Like, I don't I don't really get emotional at like movies ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like, don't get emotional at movies at all. Like, I remember watching. Totally I remember do. watching like Schindler's List with my ex boyfriend, and he's like, "How are you not crying at this?" And Just I'm like, like n- somebody wrote uh... this and put it on the screen, bro. Just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can like you know, appreciate the fact that somebody else is having this reaction and be like, oh, no, no, they're having this reaction and, like, feel it vicariously. Yeah, so, I, anyway, that's I my a, rant. I had a hell of an emotional reaction to the the true ending, yeah, the part where you're, like, fighting Asriel, and you, you can't die. Like, if you die, 
you just immediately come back because determination, and you just hope and dream. <laughs> you literally hope and dream at him until yeah. you oh, until Jesus. you can save him. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. And like hope just means you don't you like don't take as much damage the next turn, and dream means you just get a bunch of free healing items. Yeah, it, it fills <laughs> it fills your inventory with the last dream, and every last dream refills your health. Like I thought you were gonna say it fills your inventory with determination. It fills, your, it fills so your inventory with dog residue. <laughs> <laughs> it fills your it fills your heart with determination, Bateron. It fills yeah. your heart with dog residue, which gives you. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, if if you just pumps it directly in, you, just shoves the syringe in, the, boom. Uh, the info for dog residue. Oh, I never looked at that. If, I should have. Oh there shit. Are, there are a bunch of different ones. I'm uh, I'm pulling them up from the wiki, but like one of them is like, okay, here we go. Um, dirty dishes left unwashed by a dog. <laughs> Glowing crystal secreted by a dog. <laughs> Jigsaw puzzle left unfinished by a dog. Dog-shaped husk shed from a dog's carapace. <laughs> Web spun by a dog to ensnare prey. Shiny trail left behind by a dog. Is, is this so? The implication is these are all things that the dog left behind in your inventory. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, upon touching any one of these things, you just gain a bunch of the other ones. Yep. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, Dog-shaped husk left by the dog shedding its there's, carriage. There is <laughs> so much. There's so much good writing in this game. There is the, absolutely. The, yeah. The ones I the ones I want to call out that I that I super loved um, were in the in the boss fight with Papyrus. Um, there's a thing where like you can flirt with him, and oh, yeah. he yeah. says he says. Like, I warn you, though, I have really high standards. And then there's a little dialogue option where you can say, like, um, it's like I have no redeeming qualities or I can make pasta. And if you, <laughs> select, if, if you select I can make pasta, he goes, oh, no, you're meeting all of my standards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then there's a in in Alphys's lab, there's like a big white cube that if you go up to it and inspect it, the text is... Um, this bed conveniently folds up into an easy-to-draw cube. Yep, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. God, this Sans fight is fucking awful. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's real metal. It's like, also, like, super interesting that, at least up until this point, I think there's always... I mean, I, I didn't play the entire way through, obviously. I played, like, four or five hours, but... um. As far as I can remember, there's always like an invulnerability timer, like after you take damage. Mm -hmm. But in the Sans fight, there isn't one. Like you just constantly take damage as long as you're in that space. And, and it gives you that weird dot effect as well. Yeah, exactly. Where like you take the damage, but not all at once. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you get it's like hit, purple, and then it's like, right, this reduction. is going to tick down until you die. But it continues ticking down when you're on the menu. So you, you have to, like, race your way to yeah. the item screen one or whatever. Menu, one of the menu texts is, uh, like, reading this text is not the best use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> to be fair, the fight with Metaton sort of had the same oh, implications. Yeah. Sort of thing. Okay. You, there's, like, a, there's a 
the the Metaton fight you beat by getting the viewer ratings high enough mm-hmm. during the, <laughs> over the course of the fight. Yeah. And while you're on the menu, the ratings tick down. Oh, okay. All and right. while you're actually fighting him, the ratings go up. Yeah, there are, there are a few different things you can do. You can you can boast, and while you after in a turn when you have just boasted, the rating will continue to go up unless you get hit. Yeah. Um. You can you can you can do a fucking heel turn, some <laughs> wrestling shit, and if you if you heel turn, um, you will the rating you, like, will insult, go up. You insult the yeah. audience basically, and the rating will go up if you do take damage. And then you can pose dramatically. And if you have low health and you pose dramatically, like, in the face of death, you still look fabulous. Your ratings go up. <laughs> yep. Also, um, you can increase good. ratings by eating on-brand mm-hmm. food. Yeah. So if you, uh, <laughs> if you buy stuff from, like, Metaton's little, like, cafe resort, yeah. resort place uh, and you eat it during the fight, it's like, that was on-brand food. Audience loves the taste. Yeah. <laughs> Ratings go up. Um, and when when Metaton asks you what the best part of Metaton is, by the way, the correct answer is just legs. Is it? You get, like, yep. 300 points if you type in legs. That's <laughs> awesome. I just, I just spammed it as much as possible with random typing. Yeah. I, I I I did a lot of reading like after my first playthrough just to see yep. like what kind of stuff I missed and yeah I'm I could sure optimize. there's tons yeah. of little secrets like that yeah mm-hmm. there's two secret bosses I think oh yeah I just heard about it I don't know how to get to them which ones because I know there's like gas Gaspar or something which is like a secret character. That I don't really know anything about, but like if you put your if you put your um name as as Gaspar or whatever his name is, like the game just immediately shuts off at the beginning, <laughs> which is interesting, and I don't I don't understand the implications of that, but that's okay, I guess. There's uh yeah, so I'm looking up some of these now. I come to think of it, I do remember seeing a few enemies in the end credits that I hadn't seen. There's a monster called uh. Wait, so sorry. That's the name of the monster. Um, <laughs> he appears in Hotland. Uh, what does this say? Oh, sorry. The one oh, I'm may- thinking of is Gaster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, checked out how to get how to meet So Sorry. So is So Sorry only in the Kickstarter version? Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> but you have to have your computer clock set to October 10th, 8 oh. p.m. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Of course. I, I don't I don't get it. Um, in order to it's encounter him, the game must the be launched. Probably the release date, I think. Yeah, the yeah. game must be launched oh, yeah. while the player's computer clock is set to October 10th, 8 p.m. Additionally, Hotland must have been cleared up to the MTT resort. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And he is... There's also yeah. one one called Glide that I've never seen before. Um, goes into the mysterious door room outside the Snowden with the four mushrooms and move for about three minutes. Uh, this must happen with before the fight with Papyrus. Um. Oh yeah, there's I forgot about that. The the secret room which I think you can only access if you go through the entire end credits and don't get hit at all by that's any of the impossible. names. That's literally impossible. I don't believe that that's a thing that can happen. Let me let me look and see what the... <laughs> Those end credits are insane. Um, 
And it's just the one guy, so the end credits is all special thanks. <laughs> like, there's, for, for a huge, part, yeah. <laughs> there's a huge special thanks credit section. Apologies if there's slight crunching noises. I am eating chips sometimes. Oh my gosh. Why can't I why can't I find location? Snowden. It's I thought it was actually really nice um, of the game pretty early on. Like uh, someone either Papyrus or, or Sans or someone like basically gives you directions. They're like, oh yeah, you have to get through Snowden, and then there's a swamp. And then there's the hotland, and then you have to get to, like, go go up to the castle. Yeah. So you kind of know, like, what all the levels in the games are, game are, so you can kind of gauge roughly how far through you are, mm-hmm. which I was, like, I really appreciated that. I was like, thank you too. for, like, you know, giving me the sense of, like, okay, I'm in the third area. I know that this is basically, like, the last main area, and so, like, I'm almost at the end. Okay, okay. To open the door, the mysterious door, you have to... Avoid all of the names of the Kickstarter backers. So that's doable because those those just like come at you sort of in a okay, semi-guided yeah. fashion. It's not like scrolling across in a grid like a lot of the yeah. other names do. Okay. Um, at the end of the true pacifist route. And it's it's just like a, a secret room with some text. And there's there's a dog oh, and a good. computer basically in the room. And it's just like sort of like dev-based jokes. There's a dog and a computer? There's a there's two dogs and a computer and some stuff on the floor. Oh, like residue. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. The dogs are the dogs are like the best enemies in that game. Yeah, I didn't the dogs are the only ones that I genuinely was like, I don't want to kill these. <laughs> Ugh, but talking doesn't seem to work. I but guess I, I'll just kill but them. I can't be fucked to solve a puzzle. <laughs> no, why would I solve a puzzle if I could just kill the puzzle? What are you talking <laughs> about? Worry, and kid. that is that is exactly the like the mentality I think that this game addresses. Why would I solve a puzzle if I could kill the puzzle? Yeah, like this is valid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. so I want to ask you a question. What did you think of the? Why does this game have a genocide mode? I think it lends importance to the non the the pacifist mode because it wouldn't it wouldn't matter that you don't kill anyone if you didn't have the option to, to also kill, kill everyone, everyone. Yeah. yeah i i would agree because you know it would, they could have just made it impossible to kill anyone so mm-hmm. you know yeah i do think it's very important that the nonviolent part is a decision that the player makes right rather yeah, but than i sort of feel games. like you could have had the Sort of. You You're saying you could them, have had like, the, but the, the you passive... don't have to like fight every enemies in this area. Every enemies in this yeah. area. That's. I think that's because oh. for me the the genocide ending is specifically meant to address completionists. Uh, yeah. Like all the meta stuff in it is about like, you know why you know why is it important to you that you have to do this ending just because it's there like. What like what drives you to do this? Why do you feel that it's necessary? You could just stop now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's there for the sort of people who feel compelled to do that. Like I think yeah. that's who it's talking to. 
which I didn't. I was more than happy to like to to sit that one out and let someone else do that. I honestly, I probably would have done it um, if I had more time. Yeah. But I I I sort of prioritized like just seeing it so that we could talk about it over mm. actually playing it. Yeah, that's fair. I in I other sure games I probably would have known about genocide mode before I played. If I had I known about I genocide mode before I played, I might have finished the game just to have killed everything in the game, and I, then I come considered... on this podcast to be like, "Yeah, I didn't care." I considered telling you about it because I thought I legit thought that that might be more of a selling point to you. <laughs> yeah, that I could. <laughs> murder and I'm not. I'm not even play. saying that like as a snarky thing. I figured like because there's more involvement that I figured that might have appealed to you more. Yep. Especially considering that you get the most difficult boss fight in the game. Like, <laughs> I, Look, I'm watching Sans. That would have taken me seven hours. There's no goddamn <laughs> way. <laughs> like, oh my god, I would have gotten fucked so bad. <laughs> like, Actually, through most of the game, I felt like, all right, I can, I can avoid things pretty well. I hardly ever used um, health items up to the point that I was playing. Um, and, you know, like I play Nuclear Throne and the Binding of Isaac, like I play semi-bullet heli stuff sometimes where you basically maneuver a 2D sprite around a square and try to avoid bullets. So, like, I kind of, like, I got it. I was, I was decent, I felt like. But this Sans fight is just god-awful. <laughs> I would have been so mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what a brilliantly think... written character <laughs> what yeah. a lovely man sans is <laughs> lovely yeah, bony man just like you <laughs> yeah i'm a lovely bony man uh carl what were you saying Wink, wonk. i would have loved genocide mode but i would never have picked it when i first started playing it because the game sort of has a selling point of avoiding fights and yeah yeah, I yeah which i hated i was the moment that torio was like when you enter a fight, just strike up a friendly conversation. I was like, Ugh, gross. <laughs> so genuinely, when I pull, I, I started, I, I told Eve White about this. Um, when I started playing the game and the flower like went ape shit on me and tried to kill me and was like, it, it, this world is killer, be killed, blah, blah, blah. I was you like, took oh, that to heart, didn't you? oh, shit, I might actually like this game. This might be pretty dope. And then uh, and then I met Toriel and Toriel was creepy as hell. I'm just saying like the <laughs> she, whole thing. She, with Toriel she was literally creepy as holds fuck. your hand through a bunch of like super easy baby puzzles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then she's just like, here you go. Have fun. And this is just like the shitty puzzles and you fight stuff and then. Uh, and then she just obviously wants to capture you and keep you there forever, which just felt really weird. Um, she but that said, keep you from dying. Yeah, but, but it's her ex-husband and still she's, like and she doesn't know how else to do that. Like, I don't agree with it, but that is her thought process. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Bad knock -knock jokes. Yeah, which is, now, I mean, at this point, sure. at this point, I understand it, but having none of that background information, she was just creepy as hell. Um, because I just felt like she wanted to kidnap me, and obviously the flower wasn't trustworthy and was friendly at first, so why would she be, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, my, my so, first in instinct was also actually to mistrust her because I had just come from a fight where someone yeah. who looked friendly was not trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. I and and she was just boss. creepy. Like, the, the decisions that she was making were really strange to me. I think I, think um, I was sort of ruined on that because I'd seen enough, like, 
like cutesy fan art of Toriel that I was like, okay, I know that she's not actually a bad character mm. because people seem to like her. So, but in any case, when she was when she said that, like strike up a friendly conversation, I literally told J- uh, Eve White, "Oh, never mind. This is awful." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. And then I just killed the dummy. And she's like, dummies are for talking, not for fighting. I'm like, this game is dumb. <laughs> uh, and then I killed her and everything was fine. But, uh, yeah, there was there was a brief moment in time where I was like, you know what? This, this could be up my alley. There could be, like, lying and farming involved. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Which we all know makes the best game. Yeah, the exactly. The dummy was the only one I killed. Who? The first dummy oh, you yeah. face. Mm. And the dummy actually doesn't count because it doesn't give you experience. So, like, right. I think you can kill the dummy in a true pacifist run and not get penalized. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the main ch- one of the main checks is, did you gain any EXP? Oh, okay. Does and that mean you could fight Temmie? Because you don't get any XP from Temmie, do you? Um... <laughs> I, you know, I guess but why so. why would you want to? It's Temmie. <laughs> <laughs> I... Temi, I think, is, is, I mean, I, I definitely, I might have spared, I know I spared a couple creatures along the way because I realized they gave me very little experience in gold, and I was just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to go through the effort of fighting you, so I just spared them and moved on. Um, but, like, as an active conscious decision, I spared Temi. I was like, nah, I can't kill this thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a slightly retarded cat monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, I, I can't. It's not even mentally, like, sound. I can't do that. It just <laughs> I wants can't kill to a handicapped creature. <laughs> it wants to go to college and eat ten flakes. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, God, no, I can't kill this at all. No, 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 no. I can kill everything else, but this, nah. Temmie's Temmie's all, all right with me. Um, and then I tried to sell enough dog residue to send it to college, but I, uh, sold everything but dog salad once I got to 970 gold and I was left with dog salad and I was really upset. that's (laughs) That's really unfortunate. Yeah. I was like, fuck, come I, I on. Always, I always, like, moved one dog residue back into the box, so it took extra time. Yeah, I, I should have. Sure I just, that, I yeah. literally had thought of it at that time. I was just like, fuck, why didn't I put one extra dog residue in the box early on? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I knew this would happen to myself. God damn it. <laughs> I was so mad. Ugh. There, I feel like there's there was at least one more thing I wanted to talk about, but yeah. now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh no! I, yeah, there's there's so much to talk about with this game. Like, there's a lot of ground to cover. It's uh, would the real question is, would you smooch a ghost? Yes. Oh, I yes. killed the ghost. The the correct answer is heck yeah. Yeah, heck yeah, that's the one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I killed the ghost. Fuck it. Oh, Master Bluke. A... Yep. <laughs> Like Na- I said, I Napster Luke put on a little hat. Yeah, alright. So let's let's go back, <laughs> rewind a little bit. You asked, yeah, can't be fucked to solve a puzzle. And I said, why would you solve a puzzle when you can kill the puzzle? <laughs> and that little ghost, puzzle. unfortunately for it, was a puzzle. <laughs> so I killed it. Most of the enemies are puzzles. Yeah. Yep. But you can listen to his songs. So that's, I think that's, so that's what I think counters that argument we had earlier where um, fighting and talking are the same. Because they're not exactly. Talking is a puzzle. Fighting is a reaction game. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's, yeah. it does come down to the, 
you know, if I can't be arsed to solve a puzzle, let me just, uh, you know, let me just fight the thing because it's it's simpler. <laughs> yeah, and and for some people, solving the puzzle is actually simpler because some of those fights get a little bit difficult. Now, obviously, as you get later on, some of them get very difficult. But well, I was wondering about that actually because it seemed like most of the boss fights you end up killing the bosses in one hit. So is it just like is there like a really like quick ramp where you get really powerful really quickly, or is it just the bosses are weaker than everyone else? What? That's a good question because I know I know like in genocide maybe, run. I was gonna say maybe that's just the genocide run. I believe it's specific to genocide. And I guess genocide run you literally have to grind because you have to beat all the enemies that exist. Right, exactly. So, so level, level cap is still twenty though. Mm. Yeah. Well, you, there's a set amount of XP in the game, I assume, because yeah. there's no way to farm XP. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, but you you basically are level nineteen until you finish fighting Sands, and then after the Sands fight, you ascend to level twenty. <laughs> and that's as high a level as you can get. Interesting. But yeah, my understanding is that um, most bosses die in one hit, except for you know Undine. Um, specifically, yeah. who are the, in, in who are the bosses though? Like... Sans, Undine, um... Papyrus. N- um... N- yeah, sorry. I, Sans isn't really a boss until you do um, um, the thing. Uh, Metaton. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I think the... the it Azor. sounds like I may not have fought... I feel like I fought Papyrus, but I don't remember him being a one-hit kill. But I feel like I may not have fought anybody who was a one-hit. I think that's... Okay. Um, okay. I, I believe it's specific to genocide. But so I, maybe it's... Yeah, maybe it's like, just a matter of, like, if you've ground as much as genocide requires, then... Yeah. I, I think it's less if you've ground as much as genocide requires so much as it is, like some internal toggle that the game has. Are you on genocide route? Yes or no. If yes, then bosses you know, die in one boss hit. Die yeah. one, dies in one hit. Cause, because at any time, if you don't kill all of the monsters in an area and you progress past that point, then you're just off the genocide route and it, oh, goes, okay. and it goes back to a neutral route. Mm-hmm. Um, or if yeah. you don't kill one of the bosses, if you, yeah, you gotta be, boss. you gotta be super dedicated to yeah. doing you, the genocide. You, run. you have commit. to be, you, and, you can't and, go back. You can't go back. Yeah, you can't go back, and you can't, like, um, it's it's very difficult to know the rules of Genocide Run unless you've fact it, so yeah. this kind of has to be yeah, a... really annoying I'm, to me. Well, I think that's part of it, because it kind of has to be a, like, I am going for 100% cl- completion, so I have looked up what I need to do, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do these things. Yeah, like, it, it but really that's how I would that. have, like, if I could have, like, going into this game... Knowing that it, you know, one of the main things that it was showing off is how you can have mercy, blah blah blah. I would have you endeavored to that, kill everything. The way you say that acts like you're just like you find the idea of not killing people just in general entirely repugnant. Yeah, I do. Um, All right, I will remember that. <laughs> I, I will try not to be too much of a puzzle if ever if ever shall Tell, we meet telltale style Kelso will remember this yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, like don't just... worry that doesn't affect the ending of a telltale game at all so oh, good. <laughs> um yeah no I, it, just don't be a puzzle or you'll probably be dead um but no I that's what I would have endeavored to do and so it bothers me that like I would have had to go and look at because I I killed Toriel like, it should have told me something that, like, I could kill everybody and I should have, or whatever. Like, I don't know, some sort of in-game indication of those things that you can do would be nice, especially if you, like, happen upon them. Yeah. I, like, if, if killing Toriel is basically, like, your first 
major like okay you're probably killing everybody then but thing. it's not because you have to you have to kill all of the monsters in the ruins before you fight Toriel yeah it's so and that weird. takes a long time so I, yeah. I feel like I feel like I because Toriel Toriel I, I had to hit many times yeah. Toriel was not a one hit kill yeah. okay. um and if if you do fight all the monsters and you get to the point where nobody shows up for the battles, then she is a one hit kill boss. Mm, you do just I kill see. her in one hit. Yeah. Um. So it, there's like the signifier of being on the genocide run before even getting to the first. Yeah. Boss. It's just that. So that that which, sort of which reinforces I think what Kyla said about that being that sort of playing to the tendency for completionism. And I get that, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. I just strongly think that the game should try to give you some sort of in-game indication of it. Yeah, and um, in, interestingly, it does or, give you in-game indication of the true uh, true pacifist path. If you're right. if you're playing um, if you're playing to the point where like you've pretty much done everything right, you haven't like killed anybody, but you haven't just figured out all the things, and you spare Flowey at the end, he basically tells you how to get the good ending. Yeah. Yeah. And, which, and, and which is Papyrus, a sign that they want you to find that ending. Yeah, they don't and, necessarily want you to accidentally find the genocide ending. <laughs> and Papyrus will like call you and be like, hey, I feel like you should go to the lab. I just, I have a really good feeling about it. <laughs> don't ask me why. Yeah, and then you go to the lab and it's creepy as fuck. Yeah, and it's just dark and yeah, sad. But I, I guess... sort of wish that uh, wrote that Chris took to sort of fight people. Mm-hmm wouldn't be so shitty as in like it, it would wouldn't lead you to a neutral basically ending? yeah it leads to nothing basically yeah like the neutral ending is pretty much what every player is going to get the first time they play the game yeah it leads you to a neutral ending but... but you don't you don't get some of the options there's like a lot of optional friend dialogue type stuff that happens which like closes off to you if you've been killing people like mm -hmm. if you've killed papyrus you can't befriend undine yeah like that option is just closed to you yeah, and it locks you out from reloading a save and getting, for example, the pacific, pacifist ending. Yeah. I, I so guess... sort of wished you could go back and get the genocide ending after completing yeah. a game like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish that the genocide ending would be something that you're like, you get to that point and then you can just, like, go back to the ruins or, you know, to each step along the way and just annihilate everything. And then go ahead and get your genocide ending. Like I, that, to me, I mean, the idea that you just have to kill everybody is something that you should be able to execute at any point yeah. along the way. And that's the thing, because you can, if you, um, if you basically fulfill a true pacifist run on your first playthrough, you won't get the lab. That that option is not available to you on a first playthrough. But if you get through the end and you've done oh the, my God, the true that's pacifist. Even more well, no, but here's the thing. If you get to the end and you've done the true pacifist requirements without the lab, you can reload a save, do those things without having to go through the entire game, and then get the true pacifist run. Yeah, which is what I did. Yeah, which no, no, you no, but... can't do that with genos genocide because I think part of the point of genocide is that the tone of the entire game changes. There's and I little... get that, and yeah. that's that's interesting to me. Yeah, and, and that's I, why I would have played it straight up, like from the get go, because mm -hmm. I didn't care about the pacifist ending or anything else. I would have played the the genocide ending, though. I probably would have gotten to the end. But what really bothers me—I should have just told you, like, how to you get on have. that track. I, I thought you about it, but yeah. I figured you would want to, like, if you if you wanted to do that, you would do it on your own. But oh. no, why would I look up anything about this stupid game? Um, 
But all right, I'll just I'll I'll just immediately fack every game that we play instead. <laughs> Jeez. But no, what really bothers me about this is that, and, and I mean I get it that it was almost entirely you know, a game built by one person, and I greatly respect it for that. Like everything that this one person did, with the resources they had available to them, is fantastic. Um, but. It is a game that very clearly doesn't focus on on making its gameplay, you know, super polished and strong. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think a lot of yet, that is... it requires you to play through it multiple times to get a full experience out of it. And that bothers me fundamentally. Yeah. And I think part of that is, like, the limitations of Game Maker. Right, right, right. Exactly. Very, like there, very rarely is a game made with Game Maker that's actually there's any technological good. limitations. There's you know just labor limitations. He's you know one person. Like I'm not faulting the developer or the game for that, but where I find fault in it is the fact that in order to actually get the complete experience, you have to play through the entire thing multiple times. That it makes demands of your time that it necessarily it doesn't, doesn't deserve. Have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, like, I understand. I, that I, really bothers I, I sort of agree with that principle, and I think for most other games I would agree with you. But given that so much of this game is about, like, consequences, basically, the idea that your actions are more than just, you know, meaningless, like, button presses in a system to make lights flash, like, the idea of weight, having weight to your decisions, I think that it's sort of a necessary component of that. <sighs> And and I don't necessarily disagree because if if that's what they're going for, then yeah, you know it, that's that is a necessary component, but it still doesn't deserve it. <laughs> I know you you just really don't like that about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. the thing. And and we had this a little bit of this conversation when I was doing my stream, where you had the problem with Ori and the Blind Forest that it was emotionally manipulative, um, in ways that you feel it didn't deserve because it wasn't written particularly well. It just they were very poignantly like on the nose about trying to manipulate your emotions. Yeah. But it had a really fantastic game that you played that you loved to, to play regardless of that um, yeah. story or the well. writing or whatever. Well, it, unless you're Carl, but everybody else who has played some, it really loved playing love to play. it. <laughs> no, everybody but Carl, basically. <laughs> um, and, That's and, fine with me. Yeah, right. And yeah, exactly. It's fine for the rest of us, too. But um, so, you know, it had this great game that you love to play behind it. So you, for me or for Sean Bouchard, evidently, or for Day Nine when he played it, like, it's very easy to be like, well, you know what? It's cool that it manip emotionally manipulated me because I just loved playing it and that was all right. Where for me, this game was exactly the opposite. Like, I didn't like playing it, and I could tell it was being emotionally manipulative. And I didn't feel anything except frustration because I didn't feel like it de it, it didn't deserve to be emotionally manipulative. Like, it didn't earn it to make me feel anything. And so I was just frustrated with it. Because for you, it needs to earn it via gameplay, right? Yeah, it needs to be yeah. a good game for it to earn, like, the ability to, to make me feel something. Yeah. Or, or especially to, to make me spend my time to play it multiple times and to do these things to experience this story or this, you know, whatever it's trying to, to make me experience the message that it's trying to to impart and the tale it's trying to tell. Uh, 
Like, it needs to be a good game first. That's what it's trying to be. It's trying to be a game. Um, and of course, this is all just my opinion. I'm not like stating it as objective fact, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's the thing. Like, people have different values of what they look for in a game, and and what you look for in a game is not represented by this game. So it doesn't and, really and appeal isn't, to you, which is and fine. isn't represented by JRPGs in general, because even like highly polished Final Fantasy JRPGs, you still don't like, right? Well, no, because they're a menu navigating simulator, not yeah. a game. <laughs> some people well it's a puzzle some people some really people like, like navigating menus i understand some uh, people really like keeping everything in a spreadsheet and playing eve online that's I mean, true yes i mean i i have i have a friend who like spreadsheets pokemon real hard so yeah yeah and that's, that's yeah exactly i don't get into that um i mean neither do i to be fair so I'll yeah be on that. as soon as spreadsheets come out man i'm done like <laughs> nope like if if your game requires me to navigate menus as its primary form of interaction i'm out um which i don't i don't feel that undertale did i felt like undertale i feel i genuinely feel like undertale did a lot with what it had available um yeah, to do true. with uh and i was impressed absolutely impressed yeah, this but it like, still wasn't fun. This and is like one of two Game Maker games that I think I've really been impressed by. <laughs> yeah, I was totally impressed, but it, I still wasn't having fun. And and that's just, you know, a personal judgment. And and the other Game Maker game, like, had basically no combat. It was basically just, like, a, an adventure game in Game Maker, so... Oh, just a nuclear throne. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not nuclear throne. Is it is game, nuclear throne game, game Maker? I don't feel like that's possible. No. I don't what? believe so. Yeah, no. Um, is uh, was this one in Game Maker or RPG Maker, or are those different things? Uh, that's. I have no idea. I think they I are think... different things. Yeah, no, I think I think this was RPG Maker, and I and I just like my brain is dumb, and it. And it um... <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, even I don't really like. I ha- I haven't paid close attention to the distinction between those two. Yeah, yeah. No, so... that's fair. Let me let me just uh. Let's, let's look up a list of games games made in RPG Maker and okay. see if there's anything this else we made, recognized. This was made in Game Maker Studio. Okay. Not RPG Maker. Games um, made with Game Maker Studio. Let's see what let's, let's see what the list of Game Maker Studio. Uh, and I I do games. want to point out okay, that the other game that I'm seen. thinking at the the other game that I'm thinking about was made in RPG Maker, but basically it's the same principle. Like they're yeah. usually just not very good, and right, they're yeah. made of like prepackaged sprite sets and it's they're generally yeah yeah was uh was one of them um was to the moon made in one of those games uh i like maybe i never finished to the moon i honestly didn't care much for it but i i i'm i reserved the thought that i should probably go back and finish it before fully passing judgment yeah, that's kind of where I am. I started playing it, and then I got distracted by something and just never went back to it. And I'm like, ah, I should probably finish that at some point, but... Why? Yeah. Why should you finish it if... Actions, games, because no, people making... people whose opinions I trust have told me that it has... that it is a valuable experience for me to have. Um, to the Moon was made in... But if it wasn't well. able to c- keep your attention long enough to actually finish it, why does it deserve to be finished? See, I, I'm actually, I am like of 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 the Chris mind on this, where it was like, well, it's just a game where I walk around and the game tries to make me have feelings, 
And, oh, so it's Undertale. And, and a big, do. but no, there's even less gameplay than Undertale. Like there's no <laughs> gameplay. Um, and like one of the big components was like the female character has like a mental illness, and that mental illness in games usually takes me out of it real quick because it's usually just like shallow. Yeah, it's it's usually just like a misrepresentation to be like, but she's, but you should feel sorry for her. So yeah, yeah, yeah you know, maybe mm. oh, I mean, it's great. <laughs> Oh God! I just know there was there was like an adorable comic sequence involving like a fake Final Fantasies fight with a squirrel that someone linked me to a video I, of. I, yeah, that's that's very close to the beginning, I think, because I remember going through that. But so. in any case, um, it is unfair to say that I don't like JRPGs in general because I have liked just about every Tales game I've played, and any JRPG that actually lets me. Act. You you like action JRPGs. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing is I'm genuinely like I was actually looking for it wasn't a rhetorical question. I was curious like if if a game doesn't keep your attention long enough to actually get you to finish it why would it ever deserve to be finished? Yeah. So I it, don't disagree. To me it it yeah. sort of depends like I think there's a certain minimum threshold amount of time that I feel I owe to creative works. Like if I'm making the investment to sit down at the game at all, then I'm I'm invested in at least getting far enough in that I feel like I've seen what the game has to offer before I make a judgment. So there's that, which admittedly hmm. for some games is only five minutes, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, but also if, if someone that whose opinion I trust has told me, that there is something to you know something valuable there then i will give it more than that standard requisite amount of time i will like bump up that time limit of like okay you know maybe so like i'm not seeing something and normally i would just like give up on it now but if this you know this person said there was something to see here so let me give it a little bit more of a chance and see maybe you know maybe they just have maybe it just has a weak start sometimes so, hmm. there are some really good things that just Take a little while to get out of the gate, which yeah. isn't great, but you know. I would totally say uh, that Two the Moon has a weak start. Yeah, and I feel like I played a pretty significant chunk of the game and just didn't do a whole lot for me. But like I said, I still have it. You know, yeah. I have and it in my God I mean, account. I can always I only, go back to it. I only played like probably less than ten minutes of it. Like yeah. okay. I, 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 played, I, I really didn't. Right. Very I definitely played that's, more than that. That's fair to say that you want to go back to it. Um, I guess now, I mean, my question isn't specific to, to the moon. I was just asking it sort of generally because it's interesting that you say it because for me, like the point at which I've given the money for the game, I feel like I've done everything that I owe to the game. And the rest of it is, you know, does the game keep me on it? Like, and if it doesn't, then... That's fine. I still, like, I paid the money for the game because, and I, I think I posted on the the new forums about this because somebody asked, well, uh, I think Eve White brought up that we talked about the cost of refund and, like, mm -hmm. talked about how we value games. And I didn't really talk about it last podcast with refund, but, like, when I throw money at a game, it's because the game has made me excited to play it. And in my mind, what I've paid for is that excitement. And so I've already gotten my money's worth because like the sitting there like, oh my gosh, I'm about to play this game. This is really cool. That's what I paid for. And if the game doesn't live up to it, 
I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. I mean, I paid for the experience that I had. Even if it's like a $60 game? Yeah. But, I mean, it's, Even if you know. it's Aliens Colonial Marines? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be excited enough to buy that. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you for this this wonderful example. Um, but that's that's my point is, like, it's... Like, the, the $60 that I've dropped on this game, that means that I was, I was that excited for it. Like, I was... The... I was happy enough with the idea of playing this game and the excitement that that brought me that it was worth $60 to see where that led me. Whereas if I'll look at a game, I'm like, that game seems really cool and I might enjoy playing it, but I'm just not excited enough to get into it right now. I won't buy it. Um, Which is what happened with Dark Souls 2. I still don't have Dark Souls 2 because every time I look at it, I'm like... You know, I mean, I know I would enjoy playing it, but I'm just not excited about it right now. So it's just not worth paying money for. Did you play Bloodborne out of curiosity? I did not. Um, same, 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 same exact thing happened. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I could pay and I was excited for it to come out and I was happy that it came out. And then I was like, you know, I, I don't I, I don't feel like I need this. I'm not like, you know, oh, my gosh, I want to get home and play Bloodborne today. So I'm not going to pay for it. Um, so every, every game that I bought, I'm like, I need to play this. I, I am so excited. Uh, and so I pay for it. And that's, that's the feeling that I feel like I paid for is that exact, like I was so excited to get to play this game. That alone was worth the money I threw at it. Now, if I only play the game for 10 minutes, I still got my money's worth because I was really fucking happy to buy it. um, I was just happy to purchase it and like have it in my life Um, so you know when I look at games like that I'm like all right, cool so whether I spend 10 minutes on it or 3 hours or you know some games that I've never even touched yeah exactly or uh, well Fallout 4 is now 170 hours so if we (laughs) yeah but but I don't really, I don't take like an enjoyment per hour kind of ratio yeah. to my games. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I, so I know, uh, so my husband has this down to like an actual quantified amount, at least for right. some I know, forms I, of media. And I know some people do that. Where it's, um, I well, think not, somebody... not, in a, not in a like a value per hour thing, but in a, mm. an amount of time you give something in order to like impress you. And for him, it's like mm. you have to give a movie like a number of minutes equal to the number of years you've been alive. So, <laughs> you know, so younger kids have less patience kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have to watch the first 30 minutes of the movie or the first, you know, 23 minutes of the movie or whatever it is. Yeah. And before you decide, okay, this is shit, I'm turning it off. Or like hmm. the, the very common, like, give an anime three or four episodes before you decide yeah. if you want to stick with it yeah, or not. Yeah, but I just, I don't understand that line of logic. <laughs> because, like, if I, why would I... To account for good media that might have a weak start, or that might have like a, an amazing Exposition, turn you know? that changes the changes the game on you, or something. But I could have enjoyed something else instead the entire time through. <laughs> I could have had equal happiness for a whole so, period of so time than to like suffer through a like, couple hours really for something for better. Average enjoyment. Then you count. You account for like. Am I enjoying myself right now? No. Then I'll do something else instead. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, no, that's just that's how I work. It's like if I'm not enjoying myself doing the thing, then I could do something else. Like it's fine. I think I have a problem with that. Maybe it's just me, but to me, games, even when they're bad, I still enjoy myself and I still have fun I've with them. I've been playing Lucius too. <laughs> well, so I mean, that there's... game is awful. Right. Uh, let's see. There, I, there must have been good, or rather, bad games that I've enjoyed. Uh, looking at my Steam list, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But like, Alan Wake was a bad game, and I enjoyed it. You know, it's like things like that. It's, I'm not above enjoying bad games, but if I'm not enjoying it, then I'm I, I'm done. Like, it's just. You have, you have no no tolerance for like putting yourself through media to get to better parts of it or something like that. Right, exactly, because there's just better media. Period. Like <laughs> unless I'm unless I'm putting myself through bad parts to experience the best media on the planet Earth, then I can just go experience media. a better form of media that doesn't make me suffer first. You know <laughs> what I mean? Carl has a point. You'll never know if it's the best media if you give up on it that early. Somebody so, else will tell me, and then I'll I'll know so that it's you, literally the best media watch on earth. Like one really really good cat video on YouTube, than sit through like a a mediocre first episode of an incredible series. Dude, don't yes. see cat videos. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't actually watch cat videos, but I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, um, iguanas then, a cute iguana. Pardon videos. me? I've know. never I, ever seen an iguana video you're, you're, in my life. You're like, if I'm not enjoying myself right now, that I'm gonna just stop. Like uh, that seems like really lizard brain to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> not I'm, in a bad way. It's just like it's not like instantaneously. Like I'm done enjoying myself. <laughs> gonna close a thing, but. You know, like if uh, there there comes a point where I hit a realization that I'm no longer having fun and then I stop. And I don't know, usually once I have this realization, I don't know how long it's been that I haven't been having fun, but I hit a wall where I tell myself, wow, I'm not having fun. Let me just do something else. I'm so done. I do have to wonder like what what that threshold is for you. Because the way you say it, it, it sounds us. like it's instantaneous, basically. Like, <laughs> so, like so, it's been a minute, and I, I'm not entertained. Fuck this. Flip <laughs> the table, and you go do something else. So it's, it, it, it is instantaneous in the sense that my decision is made instantaneously. Like, so for Undertale, I'll, I'll kind of... For Undertale, um, the point at which this hit me was I did some backtracking for the dog thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for the dog residue thing. I did some backtracking because I was like, oh shit, I can go to the, the piano and do the thing and do the thing, blah, blah, blah. Because um, I hadn't done that and I, I found Temmie's place and I was curious about all that shit and then a friend told me about it. So I was like, oh, okay, that sounds really cool. So I went and tried to do that. And then I, you know, the game obviously has absolutely no um, like cartography whatsoever. So you just sort of like hope that you're moving in the right direction through all these samey corridors. Well, you just go right, so... Well, there's a forward <laughs> and a backward. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Okay. But, but you know, like, to go back to a, like, a specific place. Mm. Um, so I, I go back and I get the thing, and I go to Timmy's place, and then I, you know, sold the thing when I wasn't supposed to, and I, I just tried to do it over. I was like, alright, fine. So I loaded, and it loaded me back to Temmie's place, but 
without the residue. I had I had saved before I had actually gotten the residue, my B. Um, so I go in and get the residue, and I'm trying to make my way back, and it, I just lost my way somewhere. And I ended up in the the corridor with the statue that has you know rain falling on it, and where you pick up the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And so I pick up the umbrella because I'm about to walk through rain. And for whatever reason, I just decided that picking up the umbrella was a good idea. Um, and then I make it to the end of that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have my little yellow friend, so I can't stand on his shoulders to get up to the thing, whatever. And then I just leave the area, but I leave with an um, with the umbrella. And, I, you know, I just don't register that as a problem. And I get I, ha- I realize, OK, I have to go back to the little bird, little duck and have it carry me over the river. So I go to the duck. And it says, ducks don't do well with umbrellas or something like that. I'm like, (laughs) you have got to be kidding me. Now I have to walk all the way fucking back there. I have been walking for God knows how long and trying to do this stupid thing just so I can send a dog to college. I'm not having fun. And I haven't been having fun for a while. I'm done. So you stopped having fun because you fucked it up is what it sounds like. You failed sending your dog to college. Well, I I understand, though. I mean, I wasn't having fun trying to send a dog to college either. Like, it was just a realization didn't hit me until I got to this point where I had done too many steps where I was just like, this this whole thing hasn't been fun. I I did find that I I did some backtracking and I found it sort of egregious as well. Um, However, (laughs) I did not mention the duck earlier. The duck music is um, spectacular and flawless. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it is. No, so like it's not, it's, you know, there are other examples. They did try and improve backtracking by giving you like a fast travel boat at one point, but mm-hmm. I agree or that like that goes there's a face. lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the game where it feels there's there are parts of the games where the process is sort of um, like tedious and repetitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is that is annoying, but was not for me a deal breaker. And it wasn't a deal. It wasn't the deal breaker for me either. It was just the thing that made me realize that I wasn't having. Right. I guess is the way I would put it. Um. Like, if if that hadn't happened, I'm sure I would have come to the same realization in about the same amount of time, probably. I just would have been at a different place. Um, because there would have come a point, and I, I just don't know, like, I've never tried to time myself for, okay, how long has it been since I've had fun? When was the last time I had fun in this game? Blah, blah, blah. I just sort of, something happens that gets me to a point where I consciously think, I'm not having fun right now, and I haven't been for a while, so I'm done. You should try to put your fun into a spreadsheet, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, need to say that I probably would have thought it was bad with the backtracking system, but I don't really backtrack. Actually, <laughs> another thing that I forgot to mention, um, at the end of the true pacifist route, you can backtrack through the entire game and talk to every NPC, and every NPC has different dialogue. I yeah. didn't do that. I did a little bit. I got yeah. back to the MTT resort, and I was like, okay, that's enough for me. I, got, <laughs> I, went, I went all the way back to Waterfall. Damn. And I, and I was talking to people. And you can, like, talk to the shopkeepers mm-hmm. about freedom and yeah. the surface. It's <laughs> cute. It's cute, but I was doing it late at night, and I was like, I should probably go to bed instead of doing this. So. There was there were a few characters that I like honestly wanted to like see again and say goodbye to, yeah. like, like the uh, the like weird ice cream rabbit shopkeeper and 
<laughs> I, I think my favorite, like, completely useless character was the the little, like, reddish sort of devil mask looking guy in uh, Snowden. I, I have no idea mm. why. Just that character, the design of that character is just so intriguing to me. That what, I'm, like, did he, what did he do? It, it was just a person you talk to. Like, they just, you talk to him and they have dialogue in, in Snowden. I will, um, I'll, I'll send you, like, a, a screenshot of that character later, I guess. It was, yeah, it's just a little guy that that stands in Snowden and you talk to it and that's all. Like it doesn't do anything, but it just it just looked really cool and I was like, man, I want to know more about that character. <laughs> um, I'm lo- I'm actually there is a page that actually is it the Nacaret Jester? Yes, that's the one. I was I was just pulling it up to send it to you. Does he does he he appear somewhere else as well, or is that my that's, imagination? That's, yep, that's your imagination. That's Crap. the only. Place there's a, there's also it. a little weird red critter in the uh, in the resort that's like eating dew off a of ficus in the back of the diner. Yeah, because <laughs> like, he's could, too embarrassed. I couldn't get a reservation, so I I just came in. And now I'm standing in the back of the restaurant eating dew off of ficus. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that's um, like a little um, naked orange man with four yeah. nipples. Wow, great. <laughs> the there was uh, so one of the random NPCs that I liked a lot um, was uh, Heat's Flamesman. Yes. yes. <laughs> He's like, you better remember my name, and then you encounter him later, and it's like, did you remember my name? And you just select yes or no. Like you don't <laughs> have to remember his name at all. Yeah. And you select yes, and he's like, "Oh my god, you remembered!" That's oh, great. I forgot about he. I liked the onion in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That What's that about? I, I wish I it, wish there was I don't know more. What it's of about, him. but it reminded me of Ultros so much that I was just like, "Aw." Yeah. <laughs> giant octopus thing that's just like, "Hey there, go and run <laughs> along this path." I'm starting a band. <laughs> yeah, it just something about it was just really reminiscent of Ultros, and uh, for that reason, I liked it. But. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be the only Final Fantasy VI reference in this game, so that's possible. Right. That's entirely intentional. Yeah. Right. Maybe it was just its stupid face. <laughs> it just looked like Ultra. Just its big dumb anime face. Yeah. <laughs> its big dumb a dumb anime God, smile. I wish, I wish I looked had a, a big, lot like that big dumb octopus. I wish I had a big dumb anime face. <laughs> some, <laughs> some 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 favorite like just enemies to in to fight. Um, include that like deer that has an antlers full of Christmas decorations that you have yeah. to decorate where he's like fuck these kids keep putting shit on my antlers <laughs> I don't have thumbs I can't take them off <laughs> that sounds great <laughs> uh, and there's um oh shoot the, the Sunder plane ah uh, yes <laughs> the plane you, to, you get close but not too close, too close. <laughs> yep deer and and any and all dog dog enemies. Gosh, I loved I loved the dogs. I think my favorite one was Doggo. He's like, I gotta go have some dog treats. And like off to the side, it's like you can see that someone's been smoking these dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Lord, I, I like I like it. Greater Dog. I think owned it. Yeah, I liked that I I ran into a dog and it was like lesser dog. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what does that even mean? Oh no! 
And then Greater Dog is just an adorable fluffy white dog in a giant suit of armor. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Dogami and Dogaressa. Yeah. Dogs I... can pet other dogs? dogs? A new world has opened <laughs> up. This changes everything. I liked... Um... I like the nonsense that led up to you finding Greater Dog, though, where you're... Oh, you see a little dog in the snow? All of the snow puffs. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I, I, I checked all of them. I don't know if you, you guys did, but I ran into one of them and checked it, and I was like, it's a snow puff. So I went to the next one and checked it, and it's like, this is also a snow puff. Yeah. And so I started checking all of them to it see all like, the... surprise! ...dumb shit that a it was saying. Puff. And yeah, and then it was this one's a fucking dog though, dog. <laughs> I mean, you do get thirty gold if you check them all. So yeah, and that's, one of them yeah. does have thirty gold. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the last one you check before you get to Greater Dog. Yep, and then Greater Dog gives you a fuck ton of experience in gold too. <laughs> it gives you yeah, experience if you kill it. Yeah, well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, because it's a cute dog. You, you pet it, it and you dog. play with it, and then you pet it again. <laughs> But yeah. I killed it. Um, and then, or you throw a stick. <laughs> or you throw a stick. Apparently. Oh yeah, or you throw a stick. Right. Uh, I thought I thought there was thrust in that sentence somewhere, and I was like, wait, pardon me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I don't know. It was fun for a while, but there there came a point where I just decided I wasn't having it. Well, it was charming, but it wasn't charming enough for you. Like. See, I, I just, I don't think any amount of charming would have done it, because it was very charming. It was written very well, uh, and I, I respect it greatly, and I'm glad it exists, but I, I didn't have fun playing it. Alright. That was much less angry than I thought this podcast was going to yeah, be. Yeah, well, fuck off, okay? <laughs> uh, shall I introduce the next game, or do we have final thoughts on... Yeah, how about you introduce the next fucking game, Pat? <laughs> Whoa. I didn't say I wanted it to be an angry <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm glad oh, we played boy. it, and I'm impressed that one person made it. I, I'm not sure it's like the like be-all and end-all second coming of any games that some people are treating it as, but right. I... I, I see. I'm very solid. impressed that I one see person where they're coming from. Though. I I do too. I think I think it's just rare that because everyone everyone is enthralled by the writing and enthralled by the characters, and I think it is rare that you come across a game that is just written so charmingly. Yeah, like, and I, I, it's yeah. also rare yeah. that people like. I think this this game has reached a much more widespread audience than most indie games do. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. some for a lot of people, it's like their first exposure to this kind of game yeah like one of my good friends who is you know he's he's not into the type of games that you would generally classify as indie games and he like he he has played the shit out of this game and like even even before we did this on the podcast he was like Kelso why haven't you played Undertale and I was like dude I can't play it yet we're doing it for the podcast in like a month so just chill out and he's like no play Undertale oh, I'm gonna I promise <laughs> So, oh no. So yeah, I, I think I think I think the best like what really recommends it is the strength of the writing. Yeah, and, yeah, of course. And that's sort of a rare thing in a lot of cases. Like even in indie games, it's, yeah, it's rare to find a game that's this well written. Yep. Yeah. So, Carl. Next game. Any, oh. Carl, any final thoughts? Um, I started off. 
thinking yeah, I would rather play Earthbound. <laughs> ended up really, really liking it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so the final recommendation is if you like reading a book that's pretending to be a game, play Undertale. <laughs> or and, play Undertale. And, anyways. Yeah. Or if you really like like <laughs> meta commentary about gaming and the then watch Undertale. Traditional <laughs> mechanics of gaming. If yeah. you're not a big old baby. Play Undertale. Okay, yeah, if you have a lot of time to waste on things that aren't fun, play Undertale. I thought it was fun. I had fun. If you value good writing more than you value whining. If you value good writing enough to just focus on playing a bad game game to experience it. (laughs) Next game. (laughs) All right. So we have fun. Contentious opinions aside, our next game is going to be Space Run. Uh, So the description from the website says, Space Run is a PC game that mixes strategy and spaceship construction in real time, borrowing certain mechanics from the tower defense system with numerous twists and hyperdynamic gameplay. Space Run is a nod to 80s science fiction and pays homage to many of its tropes and references. The year is 2525. You are Captain Buckman. A space runner whose <laughs> A space runner whose job yeah. is to yep is to transport valuable cargo from one end of the galaxy to the other. Um, yeah, there's more stuff. Basically, it's a uh, it's like a digital tower defense version of the board game um, Galaxy Trucker, where the point is like you you start constructing your ship, and as you're as you're flying through space, dangerous hazards attack your ship. And you continue constructing. You like your ship defends itself based on what what defenses you've built on it. And I believe you also get additional resources to continue constructing your ship mid-flight to try and make it to the end of your cargo run with some cargo still intact. Nice. So yeah, so it's it's sort of tower defensey, sort of action gameplay-ish. Um, and I'm I'm really curious because I really love tower defense as a genre, and this is a sort of a twist on tower defense. Um, and I really like the board game um, that that inspired it. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to play it. I I know very little about it except that my husband really really enjoys it. So, so we'll see. Nice. At a glance, I'm like thinking everything. that I might enjoy it. <laughs> let's let's hope. Let's this hope. This game Chris. feels like everything I hate put into <laughs> one game. Jesus. So it's, Carl can be it's Carl be can fun. be yeah. next the next podcast version of Chris. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't think I've ever like hated a game that that we've done on the podcast. I don't think I'll hate this one, but I do know that man tower defense is just not my jam. <laughs> but I, but I, I also I also thought that I would had that I was going to have a lot less fun with Arus. And I had I had a quite a quite a significant amount of fun with Rus, so yeah. So I'm just going to assume that I'm going to have a good time with this one as well. So we'll see. See, that's what oh, I do. God. I assume that I'll enjoy it rather than assuming <laughs> that I'll hate it. You guys. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I assume the truth. I... Mm. Which you won't hate it, and I will. I'm it gonna, is usually the truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be <laughs> a, a pessimistic um, wet blanket person. I'm going to look at our list of episodes for which episode I've liked the least, which game I've liked the least so far. Yes. Mm. Actually, I'm curious as well. Uh, feedback for us. There we are. Which game? Yeah, which games have we played? Um, I don't know. Maybe Magicka. <laughs> I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy Magicka. But That's I'm the one not... you've liked the least? 
Yeah, but I'm not sure that oh, it's weird. like. Except that, of course, none of this is loading for me now. Yeah, I'm having the <sighs> same problem, which is weird. And I hope, I hope. Well, it says that there are eleven episodes, but the only one that's loading is Refunct. Yeah, same here. That's hmm. really interesting. I will SoundCloud. Have, yeah, I'll have to look and hope that uh, nothing is irreparably is fucked it, up. Are they on our forums? PBP. The uh, network. You can dot, see the games. Yeah, I can at least see the games. Is the point. Dot forumatic. Dot com. For those interested in finding the forum. Feedback Force Podcast. Okay, let me look at the titles. So we did Brothers. We did Magica. We did Rus. We did Beyond Good and Evil. We did Long Leave the Queen. We did Bioshock. We did Overlord. We did Nuclear Throne. We did Cat Lady, Gyromancer, and Refunct. Did we do Bioshock? Well, we we played we Bioshock. Played <laughs> we did. We didn't podcast it, but we played it. Weird. I so I tried to go to a link to one of the episodes, and it just said, "Sorry, we can't find that track." So I might have to re-upload these, which is sort of a bummer. I don't know why that would be the case. That's depressing. Um, yeah, we'll look into that. Go yell at SoundCloud, maybe. <laughs> but anyway. Um, this one, this one will be up hopefully soon. Uh, yeah, I I feel like Magica was interesting, but I didn't have that much to say about it, and kind of I felt the same way about Overlord for mm. the most part, where it was like there's some interesting stuff here, but like I'm not sure I had that much to like I there I didn't feel like there was that much to talk about with it. I guess yeah. that's not the same thing as not enjoying the game, but. <laughs> I'm sort of in the same uh, same boat with it. Oh, is that what happened? That might. On be the other hand, we have done some really fun and ridiculous games on this podcast. Now that yeah. I'm on this list, I, I I do agree. I like I like the variety. I still can't believe we did Long Live the Queen. That was excellent. Long Live the Queen. I'm glad we played that one, and I'm I'm glad we all actually liked it. I think. Yeah. We all, we all yeah. like that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which Speaking I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, right? Speaking of spreadsheets. Yep. Okay, so apparently what has happened is my SoundCloud subscription for some reason got stopped, which is weird. So nice. I guess I just have to give them 15 bucks. Um, Are you nice. on, were you on like a credit card that expired or something? I think that's what happened because my, my, my card expired and like I got sent a new one um, a couple months ago. So that's probably why. Okay. I don't hmm. remember if I updated it. So we'll have the so, episodes yeah. back for you guys shortly. The episodes are not gone. In fact, they'll probably be up by the time this episode is up. So <laughs> never mind. Yep. Um, wow. So yeah. So in the next two weeks, uh, take a look at Space Run. Uh, I believe it's fairly cheap on Steam. Unfortunately, it like it's not as cheap. Dollars, I think. It's not as cheap anymore as it was uh, in the in the autumn sale. It was like two dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I got it for like six. It was it was something <laughs> super cheap. It was I was that like was too surprised. bad. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like fifteen bucks. Yeah, which is not bad. Hmm. So. And we will talk about that probably in two weeks, unless Kelso is buried under work. <laughs> when um, you have to delay. In two weeks, I'll be done with school for okay. the quarter. So I will have just come out from it. So I. I should have time to play between now and then. It's, it's. 
I mean, this week is really the, the real hard week because, like, half of my finals are due, like, a week before the end of the quarter, which is stupid. <laughs> I should have another week to procrastinate, but instead I don't. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, who wants to do uh, shoutouts and plugs and stuff? I will be playing more Final Fantasy VI tonight, as always. Uh, Twitch.tv slash CageTiger. On your straw poll, why wasn't finish the game an option? Um, <laughs> I considered it, but in the end, I decided I don't want to finish the game yet. We're There's like as talking long about. as we can. There are well, there are still like. I'm not. I'm not going to go for a hundred percent completion, but I definitely want to at least do the dragon things before I end. So if like people would rather I do other things before that, I'm like open to that suggestion. But at the very least, like if if no one else, you know, wants me to do stuff, I will do the dragon thing. And that seems to be one of the the top votes right now are find the rest of the dragons and get Hella killed by some dinosaurs. So yeah, those are probably. So that's probably the things I'm going to do. Nice. I'm all for the dinosaurs. Yeah. I've, I've heard there's some dinosaurs with some really powerful drops, but that they're also some of the most powerful enemies in the game, and there's, like, brontosauruses that spam Ultima at you. Yeah, Final Fantasy <laughs> loves doing that. <laughs> like, hey, here's this super powerful weapon. Get wrecked a million times before you can actually, like, acquire it. Yep, and then it makes everything else in the game is obsolete. So, yeah. like, you can't even use it to fight more powerful enemies. Yep, unfortunately. Uh, um, I guess I'll, I'll do a plug. Um, every Friday we do one of us this coming Friday, which is, um, let me stall until I see what the date is, the 11th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I will be playing a weird possibly obscure old n64 game and it should be interesting yeah yes. i uh i play the sunday game club wherein we actually don't know what we're playing most of the time lately um it's okay. and that happens every sunday at 10 a.m i will occasionally participate in one of us as well and I am thinking that's mostly it. Like, I occasionally stream on Wednesdays, but only occasionally. So, sounds about right. Cool. Is that it? Are we good? Did we do, the, did we do an episode? Uh, we did something that resembled an episode, yeah. Close enough. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I would I'm say happy so. with it. I, I feel like we healed Chris with the power of friendship and love. Yeah, uh, that's not and what happened. But that's <laughs> and determination. I'm determined yeah. to um, hug you into a less angry state. Mm, I I think it requires more than hugging. I'm to gonna I'm gonna show up at your apartment and just hug you can... hug the dick dickens out of you. Hug <laughs> the dick out of me. Uh huh. <laughs> you were saying? You know, Kels. I think Chris is one of those enemies that needs to be defeated by repeatedly flexing at him oh, in a flexing contest. Me? Yeah, I should probably I don't just think flex that's at you. the case. Yeah, you should probably <laughs> just flex at me. Yep. Or you flex yeah, absolutely right. Or I could let you wash me. <laughs> uh, pardon me. Or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or you would get all these eat, references if eat, you <laughs> eat your vegetables at him. Yeah. Do you uh, want to eat your vegetables? Look. Pointedly, <laughs> vegetables. pointedly ignore his hat. 
I don't think I've ever seen you with a hat. You don't get, seem like a hat-wearing kind get, of guy. Get Why? close, what but not too close. Oh. What are you talking about? We're talking uh, about all the different ways you talk down enemies in Undertale, Chris. Oh, so dumb. I, I could unhug you. Yes, actually, do that's, that. That is, that is specifically a way to do it. I'm going to unhug you. You could do that. That would be great. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we, we, like you said, we did something resembling an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Buddy. Bye.